11. It's 33 degrees at DVE. The news is uh, brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express and Val Porter. A fierce storm is expected to hammer millions of Americans along the East Coast today. Forecasters say the storm will bring drenching rain, heavy snow, howling winds, and high waves to major cities, including New York, Philly, Boston, Hartford, and Providence. Authorities are warning about power outages and flooding near the coast, along with delayed and canceled flights. American, Delta, Southwest, and United United Airlines are all waiving charge uh, change fees ahead of the storm. And locally, power companies are saying high winds overnight did a number on trees and power lines in the area. Officials in Beachview say a tree fell onto some power lines near Tonopah Street before eventually falling onto a car Thursday night. Just before 8 o'clock, officials with West Bend Power and Duquesne Light say they are ready to respond to restore power as needed. And some Kilbuck Township homeowners say they can only watch as tons of earth creep closer and closer to their old Camp Horn Road homes. The houses in that Allegheny County community were evacuated yesterday due to a landslide. The eight people evacuated say they are staying with family until they can return home. What's going on with all these landslides all of a sudden? Is it just the the accumulation of the inordinate amount of rain? Yep. The ground is just saturated. It's crazy. Dramatic temperature changes may lead to more heart attacks. A researcher from the University of Michigan found that extreme weather events brought on by global warming could result in worsened cardiac health. Cold weather was found to have the highest risk for the heart. The study found that extreme changes in the temperature cause stress that contributes to health problems, with heart attacks increasing 5% for every 9-degree change in Fahrenheit temperature. A Wisconsin man is on track to eat 30,000 McDonald's Big Macs by May. Hmm. Don Gorski is no stranger to setting world records. In August of 2016, Gorski had eaten 28,788 Big Macs in his lifetime. That landed him a title in the Guinness Book of World Records. Gorski, who is also featured on the documentary Super Size Me, eats about 14 Big Macs every week. He says oh, he- I remember him in that, in that documentary. He says he buys them in bulk and reheats them at home later. Apparently, wow. there have only been eight days in the past 44 years he did not eat a Big Mac. Director Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> no film crazy. will be packing some serious star power. Both Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt will star in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The story centers around two men, men who lived next door to Sharon Tate in the late 60s. In 1968, Tate, who was pregnant at the time and married to director Roman Polanski, was murdered by members of the Manson family in her home. Tarantino describes it as a story that takes place in L.A. at the height of hippie Hollywood. That film will hit theaters in August of next year. Anybody else think that's a bad idea? What? Doing a movie by Manson, which is going to feature a lot of Roman Polanski stuff with Quentin Tarantino, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio. You don't think this is going to be a disaster? Like a PR disaster? I or? think should, no. I think the whole movie is just gonna be a disaster. Oh. Mm-hmm. Those well, dudes are all. We'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. Kelly Ripa is defending her live with Kelly and Ryan co-host Ryan Seacrest against sexual harassment claims. Ripa told Seacrest on yesterday's show she considers it a privilege to work with him. 
Uh, her defense comes just days after Seacrest's former personal stylist, Susie Hardy, in a story published in Variety, accused him of harassing, touching, and groping her during the six years she worked for him. The E-Network investigated Hardy's charges and concluded they were unsubstantiated. Seacrest will co-host E's red carpet coverage before the Oscars on Sunday night. And she's told him if he paid her millions of dollars, she would she would stop the allegations. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, if they investigate, I, although I don't know how detailed E investigates. Those E investigators, look out. It goes Scotland Yard, <laughs> th- then E investigators, <laughs> then the FBI. FBI. Yeah. Windy and cold with flurries today. Temperatures in the mid-30s with wind chills down around 20. It is 32 at DVE. Uh, coming up for you on the DVE morning show, community Chris Stefano is going to be uh, here. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Buffalo Rose playing live for you in the coffee house. Sean Collier reviewing movies. And comic Aaron Kleiber, uh, Pittsburgh Zone, is going to film a special at right. the Carnegie Music Hall uh, of uh, Homestead. Carnegie Library of Homestead. I would that they change the name of it. Call it the Stanley Theater for crying out loud. <laughs> At any rate, they're going to be filming there this weekend. His new comedy special, and he's got some big wig uh, Hollywood types involved in that. So he'll be stopping by this hour to tell you guys about that. And Twisted Sister gets things going for you. It's windy as hell out there today. Uh, cold too. Yeah, it got it's cold again. So. Uh, be prepared on your way out the door. DV. About 10 years ago, ESPN gave me a uh, an alarm clock. Uh, it's, a, it's a very special alarm clock. And it, it, what, what kind of special alarm clock is that it? It's when the alarm goes off, it's I actually, it's not. It's, I actually recorded it on the alarm clock myself. Going, so it's, your- it's not the musical instrument, whatever it is. They, they do a lot of things. I haven't even started uh, to brush my so teeth. You haven't had, yeah, you, you just gargled. Um, uh- well, yeah, I got to finish. Uh, so then uh, they wake up with the alarm clock, and then they, I... Uh, I uh, I worship the Ray Lewis poster. That I have. Uh, still, still waiting to to get it signed and then brush my teeth. Uh, I eat uh, uh, seventy five egg whites. Seventy five. You're like Cool Hand Luke with with no yolks. Well, yeah, yeah. I, that it's kind of the way I go. But I don't eat them. I just cook them up. I have someone cook them for me. It's. Uh, uh, don't eat Steve them? Levy is uh, he's my cook. Uh, <laughs> when he's not doing the hockey games, he's over you know, making breakfast and uh, okay. you know. And then I I actually eat French <laughs> toast, but I look at the egg whites. <laughs> well, it would be healthier if you ate the egg whites. You know, and I, look- there was a, the truth. The truth be told, here there was an article that was written and. Uh, April fourth, nineteen seventy seven. Uh it uh, was uh if you visualize whatever it is you're visualizing, that's what you actually your body and your mind is that strong, then you uh, believe that's what you're eating and as you, I don't as think there's you, any scientific merit to that at all. Well, science is uh it's it's a necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it's just science. It is it's a fact. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, did you ever see the movie uh, Weird Science? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I was the other day. Keyshawn Johnson and I we were wearing bras on our heads, trying to make a lady. And Wait, what were you trying to make a lady? Trying to make a lady. <laughs> <laughs> a supermodel that was uh, originally married to uh, 
Steven Seagal. I'm not sure if they're still married. I don't follow. No, no, no. She's married to a director, uh, Rennie Harlan. Oh, Rennie Harlan. I think she married Chet. Fantastic job. Does a nice job with the cuts and the music. (laughs) But what we came up with uh, was instead of making a woman, we accidentally created Roy Wood Jr. No. Well, that's good. Uh, good for Roy, I, I would imagine. You He's know, very uh, funny guy. Does well, nice job. You know, a lot of Steeler fans would like to put bras on their heads and have come up with a reliable kicker. We we fired our kicker, Sean. Uh, oh, not, I'm sorry, uh, Josh Scobie. Yeah, and his my, his name might as well be Sean because he's in the witness protection program. Now. <laughs> if you, uh, you just gave away part of Sean Scaboo is uh, the name that he's going with. Uh, yes, Scooby, 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 Dooby, Dooby. Did you just Scooby? That's what I gargle with this morning, Scooby. It sounded like Bermit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just imagine that it's like the whole ESPN crew getting ready in the in the in the bathroom in the morning. Yeah, uh, CC, what do you got? I'm okay. Boom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What happened? <laughs> what had happened was what you see. What had happened was. What happened to the Pens last time, Mike? That was brutal. Uh, yeah, it might not have been that good. Uh, the Penguins uh, struggled, to say the least, up in Boston last night. But, hey, at least they got off to a pretty fast start. Up the right wing for Evgeny Malkin. Red hot for the Penguins as he whips it across the left wing for Haglin over the Bruin line. His shot off a stick and off the glass behind the net into the far corner. Turned over by Riley Nash to Malkin at the left circle for Matta with the drive. He scores! Holy Matta, 35 seconds in. Penguins strike first, one nothing. Yeah, the Bruins struck back, and then they scored again, and then they scored again. Tori Krug with a puck on his stick on the forehand, snaps one towards the net. It's Nash below the goal line at the side of the net for Pasternak. He fires it back to the point for Marshan. Right circle, Krug, deflection, score! It's Rick Nash atop the crease, a power play goal for Boston, 3-1 Bruins. Yeah, the Bruins uh, kept pouring it on from there. It ended up to be a tough night in Boston for the Pens. It's skated back into the Boston end by Sean Corrali. Below the goal line, it comes for Holden. And Nick Holden is going to watch time run out on this one. The Boston Bruins in a weird hockey game here in Boston knock off the Penguins by a final score of 8-4. to four. It was definitely weird. Goaltender Casey DeSmith uh, lasted 5 minutes and 27 seconds. He allowed three goals. On five shots, the Bruins went three for five on the power play and the Pens 0 for four. Defenseman Jamie Alexiak was minus three. Defenseman Matt Hogmwick and forwards Tom Kuhnhackle and Carter Rowney were all minus two. And David Krejci had a hat trick for the Bruins, who (laughs) showed up ready and the Pens did not. Uh, There wasn't uh, really anything that you could uh, like about what the Pens did last night other than the only Mata goal and maybe the uh, Riley Shane goal at 19:57 of period number one, mm-hmm. which made it 5-3 and sort of teased everyone into thinking that maybe the Penguins were going to fight back. They were not. They did not. No. Flush it and move on. Elsewhere uh, in the division, the Hurricanes beat the Flyers 4-1 in Philly. 
and the Devils lost 3-2 to two in Florida. That's what you have to do with that game, right? By the way, Mike, you just have to flush it. Forget I about it. I Get mean, it out of your mind. You know, they went 17-4-1 over that 22-game stretch that preceded this three-game losing streak. Now, I think this is a little bit of a correction. You've had the trade deadline thrown in the middle of that, so there's been some changes. And, to the roster. Uh, you know, yeah. it's going to adjust back a little bit. Uh, I didn't think they were going to win 17 to 22 games the rest of the way. Never thought I'd get to see two giraffes fight either, and we got to see that last night. <laughs> yeah, boy, was that entertaining. <laughs> Thank God they're still fighting in the game of hockey. It looked like there was two of those car dealership wiggly guys, like, going back and <laughs> forth on each other. Chara and Alexiak. I would not. Chara's terrifying. But he's like 40, isn't he? He's still terrifying. That's just because he's eight feet taller than everybody. Do you think he does like the the uh, trope, like Danny Glover cop line before every fight? I'm getting too old for this. Bleep. <laughs> I think they have to bring him to the the rink every night in one of those horse trailers and lay him down on a bale of hay. His head sticks out of the back. Yeah, <laughs> he's a mutant or his tail. Uh, Caps lead the Metropolitan Division with 79 points, followed by the Flyers. With 78, the Pens with 76, and the Devils with 74. The Pens will host the Islanders on Saturday at 5 o'clock. Pirates got their first spring training win down in Bradenton yesterday, 4-1 to one over the Blue Jays. Uh, the pitching contingent included Felipe Rivero working an inning and striking out two batters. Uh, Sean Rodriguez hit his second spring training home run, and Austin Meadows his first for the Pirates, who've got the Orioles in Sarasota today, Tyler Glasnow getting the start there. Uh, maybe the bigger development was Major League Baseball Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark making a stop in Bradenton to meet with the Pirates. Of course, that was just a couple of days after the union has filed a grievance against uh, Major League Baseball, citing the Pirates, Tampa Bay Rays, Oakland Athletics, and Miami Marlins not, according to the union, putting the revenue sharing money back into the operation, using that money as they're supposed to to make the team better. Uh, Tony Clark uh, met with uh, reporters after the meeting with the Pirates. Uh, He's quoted by Bill Brink in the Post-Gazette this morning as saying, quote, we don't file a grievance if we don't have a concern. To the extent that we see what we think are upwards of a third of the league, some of which have voiced their interest or lack thereof publicly, in regards to the value of winning or the value of competing day in and day out, that's where our concern comes from. Uh, the Pirates have called the grievance baseless, among other things. And Pirates President Frank Coonley has said he looks forward to proving the Pirates' case in arbitration. Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, Carlos Gonzalez, and Mike Mustakis are among the prominent unsigned free agents. Is that crazy I- to you that Arietta is still floating out there? And Lance Lynn. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if those guys are Cy Young contenders anymore. Better than what we got. You'd certainly think they could pitch in the big league. So is, right. the, is the problem they're just asking too much money, or, or is there some basis of validity to the MLBPA's grievance? Like, is there an injury or something where they can't pass a physical? That would be disclosed. I don't think that... There's any way. <clears throat> I, there has to be something, though, because there are other teams you would think would want them 
for depth, if nothing else. You know, what do the Yankees care if they right. spend $8 million on somebody who's, you know, on a middle reliever? Like, I'm serious. Yeah. <clears throat> so there may be something there. Um, but it's inexcusable that the Pirates didn't find somebody else to add some depth to, to that roster. I hope this does go to arbitration because I'd like to hear the Pirates' arguments again. You know, they can bring out their pie charts and their graphics and say, well, we put this much into the Baseball Academy and uh, we did this and we did that. We got them Navy SEAL training. They're never going to do it. I I don't think they They could do it and it could be totally false. There's nothing requiring them to be completely uh, forthcoming with, with, uh, you know, the accurate... Well, they, they have to to the union. Financials, dude. Oh, they do. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, but does that, that won't be made public, though, right? I, I don't know if the arbitration would be made, you know, how specific it would be. If it goes to arbitration, the arbitrator will rule in favor of one side or the other. I don't know if we will actually if see the reasons why he ruled or she ruled. Is there any doubt in your mind that if we found out how much money they made from revenue sharing, at the amount they put back into the organization, that percentage would absolutely enrage pirate fans yeah i mean i think everybody's pretty much enraged already we're there you know they tell you oh we put the money into the baseball academy or scouting or that's they don't. you know put somebody on put some money on the field and remember a few years ago when they said you know we we need people to come out to the ballpark if we can increase our uh our numbers there we're gonna reinvest that set a record showed up in record numbers and the payroll's down $19 million from last year. Uh, college hoops yesterday. Penn State beat Northwestern 65-57 to at Madison Square Garden in the Big Ten Tournament. The Nittany Lions advance to take on number 13, Ohio State, at 6.30. Tonight, on Saturday, number 20, West Virginia visits Texas at noon. Robert Morris is at Wagner at 2 p.m. in the Northeast Conference semifinals. And at 8 p.m., Duquesne visits UMass and uh, college hockey. Uh, Robert Morse opens its postseason tonight on Neville Island against Bentley. It's the first of a best of three first round Atlantic Hockey Conference series. That's at uh, 7.05. They'll play tonight, Saturday, and Sunday night if necessary. And uh, if you can't get out uh, to catch it, we've got the action for you on ESPN Pittsburgh. I've got the color. Tim Benz will handle the play-by-play. We'll start tonight at 6.50 with the pregame show. Thanks, Mike. And we are putting all of our revenue into improving the broadcast. That's what I heard. And it's pr- the proof is in the pudding. They, they got pudding for the broadcast. You guys got pudding? Yeah. yeah. Between awesome. periods, it co- coats the throat. It's nice. <clears throat> I think I could use some pudding. You could use some pudding. Yeah. Val, what do you got coming up? Pudding? Well, uh, <laughs> sex sells, even the monkeys, and couples more and more actually are scheduling sex. We'll talk about it coming up. Windy and cold flurries today, min, uh, mid-30s for the high today, wind chills down around 20. It is 33 at DVE. When we come back, Pittsburgh comedian Aaron Kleiber, he's going to be filming his stand-up special at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead this weekend. He's got a huge like Hollywood film crew on tow. Not on tow. That's not in tow. In tow. En route. In tow. They're but they're not on. They're here. Are they in the char horse thing? In tow. They're in the char. Yes, exactly. They're going to be in Mun Hall tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, performing uh, a couple of shows. Aaron joins us when we come back to talk about this uh, right here on the DV Morning Show. It's the DV Morning Show. I'm Randy Bauman, Val Porter, Bill Crawford, welcoming uh, Aaron Kleiber to the show. Aaron performing at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. 
Tomorrow night, two shows, but here's the thing. It's a special occasion. It's being filmed for an upcoming comedy special that you're going to be releasing, and you, you have a whole lot of Hollywood muscle behind you. <laughs> Welcome, Aaron, to the yeah, show. Yeah, you brought a, an so, entourage. That sounds, <laughs> I, it, I feel so uncomfortable like saying stuff like that or hearing that because I, you know, uh, it's, it's just something like, uh, you know, I don't feel that special, yeah. you know what I mean, uh, attached to that, but... Uh, because I just, you know, I'm just a dad from Homestead. That's it. I'm Did you guys dad. all come here in the uh, Partridge family school bus? Yeah, I'd, I, I had to move car seats uh, <laughs> just to get people in. No, I told people you have to drive. I, I, I either have a back seat full of bottles from driving all over the country, or it's just car seats. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. the, are your kids the age now where you still have like Cheerios bo- bouncing all over the floor oh, of the car? Yes. How old There's, are your kids? Uh, just turned nine, seven, and three. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. Oh, dude. That's right. busy. Three is oh, no yeah. joke. You have two. And it's- yeah, but two two is like, that's man coverage. Now you're in a zone. No, nah, the third one. <laughs> the third one. And I I literally, this, this, this album that I'm doing, 20 minutes revolves around our third child. Mm-hmm. Just because that's how, that's all I was writing. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get on stage one more time tonight. Let me tell you about this one again. I, mm-hmm. I got more to talk about. Uh, it's nuts. So you already have a name for it, No Vacations. Yep. And this alludes to something that I never uh, had any sympathy for my parents for when <laughs> I was a kid and realized when I was much older, oh, yeah, they had it kind of rotten trying to raise all, all these uh, all these rugrats. No vacations. You get no time off. Yeah, no, it, it, it kind of, it, that kind of fell into... Uh, it just made sense when I was looking through ideas because I went, if anybody mm-hmm. saw the poster, we made this cool poster. Uh, I just came up with the idea and then very talented people like uh, Lou Stein. You guys might have met him. He He's photos, photography for arcade and comedy for years and years. One of the original FNI guys. Mm-hmm. He took the photo and then people at Animal Studios doctored it up. And when I had an idea of like homage dad, you know, uh, Clark Griswold mm-hmm. and they did that, and then uh, the no vacations, because that's creative. Just add a no to the vacation. No, it's good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, It's but accurate. A, yeah, but it's an important. The title is a super important thing. Yeah. If you don't come up with the title, you're screwed. And it can, it, it can make somebody watch or not watch. Oh, absolutely. Somebody will watch a comic that they've never heard of before based on a title. Yeah, it, ca- it came from going on stage thinking, like, this is my vacation from my real life. <laughs> like, going, Bill, you, when you get a chance to go on the road... And go to a hotel room where nobody is in in your room. I don't know what to do with myself. You, you're just in a quiet hotel. Nobody's yeah. peeing in your bed. I'm like, it's amazing. I'm like Kevin McAllister when he wakes up and his family isn't there. This is what I'm trying to tell people. I'm eating ice cream. Yes. I'm doing jumping yes. jacks on the bed. I don't know what to do. It's midnight. You're like, I'm gonna. I think I can catch up on a Netflix show. Yeah, I'll watch a movie. I'll, oh my god, start one right now. No, nobody's gonna interrupt the intro of a Netflix show just showing up in the living room naked with a turd in their hand. Because <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, I love. I love. I love when people without kids are like, "We binged a show." Val, how many shows are you guys binging on a Sunday? Oh, a lot. Oh, oh we All binged a show. We've been. Oh, really? That's a, my wife and I are catching up on Lost. That's what. Like, we, we can't binge. I can't binge anything. I'm binging. I'm binging like Mindhunter in a hotel room in Dayton, Ohio, right. at three in the morning. And I'm like, oh my god! It's a solo mission. Like it you're is. not watching anything together anymore. No, and it's not. Uh, that's that's why. Yeah, it's you don't big... need drugs. Like the serotonin no. rushes these days come from like having some solace. Uh, a little time by yourself and then watching Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. all it. And when people are like, you go out after the show, you want to go get some ladies? I'm like, no, what? No. 
I'm going to catch up on Stranger Things 2, <laughs> look up uh, hotmomswithmastersdegrees.com, and then go to bed. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. So this is pretty cool. You got Michael Kellen directing this. He did ABC's Downward Dog. Yeah. He's in the studio. We just uh, said hi to him really quick, which was based here in Pittsburgh. It was a hugely popular show. Uh, People are it, still mad that it's yeah, not Yeah, everybody was really mad at it. I don't understand when networks do that, when they have even a cult following to not even uh, figure out a way how to make right. that work. So there's a big name. Uh, yeah. Going for you, animal production. They don't mess around. You no, have all awesome. of this. You have to. You, I mean, your five hole has to be. <laughs> you be pretty tight. You know. Can I gloat about animal? This is when I got excited. This is so. This is so Pittsburgh of me. I was. Uh, I was at the airport coming back. What is it? Like a week or two ago. And uh, I'm on the little tram, you know, the, the Franco tram, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. <laughs> After the Franco, mm-hmm. you get on the little tram and they have the little videos, you know, Rick Seabackle, you know, here's what's great about Pittsburgh, you know, and uh, they had a whole demo reel just of Animal of this production company. And I was like, oh. Oh, oh yeah. they're on the tram at the airport. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, this is fancy. This is I was like, those are my friends. This is cool. <laughs> they're doing it. It must be okay. Pittsburghers can go see this show. Uh, there are two of them. Saturday night at the uh, Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. Go to AaronKleiber.com. A-A-R-O-N. It should be noted. K-L-E-I-B-E-R. Or uh, go to the box office at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead I'll ma- online. I'll make it easy for you. GrownDadBusiness.com. All right, there you go. Forget my horrible German name. <laughs> Aaron yeah. Kleiber. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, how do you spell that? Like, Forget it. it Just, does, your name sounds like a German holiday. Oh, I know. It's Aaron Kleiber. We don't have to go to work <laughs> Happy today. Aaron Kleiber uh, Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, as much as I talk about how to spell my crazy German name, just make it easy. GrownDadBusiness.com. I should just buy like TiredFatDad.com. Is that taken yet? Is that- <laughs> I don't think that's taken. You no, have, that could be your next thing. You have SkinnyNapDad.com, yeah, don't you? Know? I do. <laughs> SkinnyNap.com. <laughs> so, Grown Dad Business is your podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this weekend, No Vacations is going to be filmed in front of the live audience. You can make uh, Pittsburgh comedy and television history by being a part of that audience. So go to GrownDadBusiness.com, get your tickets. You have to be, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people hitting you up for tickets, and you're feeling Dude, nervous, and listen, you're feeling uh, I wanna sleepless. Make, I want to make an announcement to all of my Pittsburgh friends and family. I am not the customer service director for the <laughs> Carnegie Library of Homestead. I mean, I got I got people from like my mom's work and like people <laughs> I haven't seen since 1997. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, the website's down on a library. Uh, I don't know if you know somebody at Drusky or something. I went to high school at Drusky. If you want, I'm like, I don't. What? Who? I, who are you again? I don't know. But uh, you know, I can solve all those problems. You, if uh, I don't, you do you ever message the artist when there's something Never. wrong? Never. Never. <laughs> Whatever. I, that's how it is. They're like, well, he lives down the street. I ain't calling a library. Are your kids going to be there? <laughs> yeah. They're, you know. Um, is that a good idea? Okay. So I told my wife, anytime the wife and kids come with me anywhere, uh-huh. I'm always late to the show. Uh, I'm always flustered. I'm always mm-hmm. like f- stumbling <laughs> into the comedy club. Like when we went, we went to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, this past summer. So I thought it'd be smart to take the whole family and sightsee and then go do two shows a night. <laughs> that was a blast. Uh, we walked around. Check D- out the mall. Yeah. We walked around D.C. for nine hours a day. And then I drove back to the hotel, took a shower, drove back to the comedy club. Uh, and that, it was a mess every night. I was on stage like, like, hey, guys, hey, good to see you guys. And then just <laughs> rant about my kids. Uh, but that felt good. But yeah, I'm afraid they're going to ruin it. 
I'm afraid. I'm afraid they are. If they're gonna be there, I mean, but, all you have to hear is one, eh, like out of the back room, yeah, screaming or something like that. They're not whining. They're just so much. <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> you're just. You're. You just. It doesn't matter if my wife is there. It's a more public situation. It heightens them. So then it's just, you're just playing a goaltender for danger. That's all you're, you're just like, don't yeah, touch. But, but it informs your comedy. So that's what's going to be great about it is that you're going to, you know, <laughs> you'll have that tension of dealing with your kids backstage and then take it right onto the stage. And, uh, and you know, if they it'll be as real ruin, as it ever has been. Even if they do ruin the set, you know that Animal is going to still make it look cool. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to really make it look great. I'll be out all their pissed off, all pissed off, uh, firing up. Yeah, I don't want to come out the gate hot. I don't want to come out like, you know what? Let me just, I got to break this down real quick while my son's still looking at me, you little son of a. Uh, no, I want them, you know, this is, okay, this is cheesy dad moment. I, I I thought about having them there, you know, and I think it would be fun to have them there on the side of the stage. Sure. For, you know, for yeah, of course. whatever, for a cute little photo or whatever. But I just thought I was like, it'd be pretty cool that my kids get to be there for when a theater cheers for their daddy. I thought that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, they get to see what you do. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I mean, it's a fun thing. When you even, you know, we've we've been seeing other huge people do things. Like, I was on the wings of Billy Gardell's halftime special. Oh, yeah. You remember that? I yeah. mean, like, so I'm like, yeah, I want my kids to be there for something special that daddy's doing. That'll be fun, you know? Do you want Billy Gardell's kids there, too? Because we can make a call. <laughs> yep. Bring them on. <laughs> Anybody that wants to bring their kids, put them side stage for Aaron's show this weekend. All you got to do is go to GrownDadBusiness.com. Get tickets. There's two shows. There's one at 7. There's one at 10 o'clock. You got to be 18 or older to attend the show. And you should go and be a part of this. Congratulations, yeah. man. This is big doing. Thank you, dude. 18 and over. Please. I have people telling me they want to bring their kids. Yeah, Are no. you providing babysitters? No, I'm not. Please don't bring your children. <laughs> well, most libraries have babysitters. You know, it, it, you can forgive them. Randy, they really do want to bring their kids. Like people are like, yeah, but you Set know, them free in the library. I, I, mean, yeah, I know. Have, I don't you know, care. There's, <laughs> there's other abandoned wings. Get in there. Yeah. Find some poltergeists. Aaron Kleiber, uh, AaronKleiber.com, GrownDadBusiness.com. This Saturday, go see him in Homestead. Congratulations, man. Thanks. Best of luck. You guys are the best. All right, man. True loving. It is 32 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Ben Rock. Roethlisberger is making a contribution to local law enforcement agencies, as he is known to do. Big Ben announced nine canine grants for local police and fire departments. That money is being donated from his foundation. The departments will use the grants for establishment of new canine units, replacing retiring dogs, updating vehicles, and more. This makes the 11th grant cycle for Roethlisberger's foundation. Disgraced former USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University team doctor Larry Nasser is for the first time being accused of abusing a male gymnast. Jacob Moore filed a complaint in federal court Wednesday as part of a civil suit against Nasser, Michigan State, and USA Gymnastics. He claims to have been sexually abused by Nasser in 2016. Moore was 16 at the time. Nasser has already been sentenced to what amounts to life in prison for abusing dozens of young girls and women. Disneyland may bill itself as the happiest place on Earth, but apparently that doesn't hold true for the park's 30,000 employees, according to a new report that was published by the Los Angeles Times. Though Disneyland's attendance, daily ticket prices, and revenues have gone up since 2000, its employees' pay has dropped 15% in real dollars. According to the survey, 85% of Disney employees, including food service workers, hairstylists, costumers, candy makers, and others, are paid less than 15 an hour. Even 54% of full-time employees who have worked at the theme park for more than 15 years make less than 15 bucks an hour. 13% paid less than $11 an hour. 
That has left many employees at Disney facing hard times, with one in ten saying they were homeless at some time within the last two years. Come on. Also, two-thirds claim they don't have enough food to eat three times a day. Three-quarters claim they have trouble paying for basic monthly expenses. I'll never understand when people get mad when others who are making you know a l- very low wage like that and have to rely on public assistance to get by even though they have a full-time job. I'll never understand... When other people get mad at them for wanting more because they belittle their job requirements and not mad at the people who are reaping a huge profit from it. Oh, my God. Disney World is printing money. I think everybody there should get at least $15 an hour should be the starting for anyone that works there because they ask more of their employees than any other company I know of. You have to be in character from the time you clock in to the time you clock out. When we stayed there, we were in um, the Boardwalk Inn, which was a a great resort on the property. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the landscaping guys were in character. They're, they're watering the flowers. Hi, princesses. Have a beautiful day at the kingdom. I mean, every single person you come across. That might have just been a creepy guy they hired. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't I'm know if they're supposed to be in Everyone character. is in that zone. Everyone is in that world. Yeah, well, and not, oh, I to, know. not to mention the cost of everything in the park. Like, what would you say an average meal would cost for a family of four <sighs> in, a par- I, in the park? I mean, $100. At least. Yeah, if you're sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. We wow. bought a, you know, that's the thing that they rope you in on. You have to buy a meal plan. So that's what we did. Yeah. So you, but you know, I spent. Is that a, like unlimited then for the kids? No, I, I spent a king's ransom. I was trying to talk to, to my sister-in-law because she's planning a trip now. And I put in like 80 hours planning my trip. So I'm like, look, I got, yeah, I got a Disney guru on hold. Right. I got I got her I got her card. She's a professional planner. She helped me out after I pulled every single hair out of my head. But basically, you buy a meal plan where it's like it might be two quick service meals and one sit down a day. Quick service is basically like stand in line, yeah, like fast like, food, yeah, hot dog or whatever, grilled cheese or whatever like that. And then a sit down is you know a lot of the parks have nice restaurants mm-hmm. that you can actually sit down in. So we when we were running around during the day, it was like all right, we need just a quick breakfast and a little something for lunch and. And then we'll sit down and have a dinner somewhere every night. But it's probably safe to say you would spend hundreds a day on eating. Definitely. Just eating. And that's the thing about Disney that people never take into account. They're so worried about spending all that money up front that they don't get those meal plans or don't do that. And then they go down there and it's they're in no man's land every day because it's just so much money. Like I spent all Crazy. my money before we went. I probably spent $100 the whole week we were there. Because I had already, all my stuff was already loaded up onto my my magic band. Right, so pay those people. Just yeah, right. pay them some good money. They deserve it. A new study has confirmed once and for all that, well, sex sells, even when it comes to monkeys. Researchers were studying monkeys and found that the monkeys were drawn to brands with sexy advertising. They actually got monkeys to choose between logos of different companies like Acura, Pizza Hut, Adidas, uh, they chose them on a touchscreen after showing them sexually charged commercials. And sure enough, the monkeys chose the logos with the sexiest ads. Hmm. And according to a new survey, 52% of Americans actually schedule sex with their partner, an average of six sex appointments every month. 
The top five reasons are six. Uh, well, the kids are in the house. Kids. <laughs> Sounds very high. <laughs> <laughs> very. Very high. Are these porn stars? <laughs> very high. Sounds very high. Uh, the kids are in the house. Number one reason. Yeah, that's kids, of course. Kids, you know, they live there. Yeah. Right. They're always around. And if they don't see you for five seconds, <laughs> they come looking. Yep. Everybody's busy. I'm busy. The partner's busy. Kids are busy. Got to shuttle them everywhere. Uh, the desire, they schedule sex for because of the desire to have sex more often. So it's like, we're going to make a point of doing this. <laughs> and partners are rarely together. I guess that would be go along with being busy. I'm so busy right now. I will pencil you in. Can you do a 4.30 on Wednesday? <laughs> Black that just sounds like it. I know. I know that's how it has to be. It, it, But forced, like, okay, now we're doing it. Yeah. Set your alarm that's, on your phone. It kind of. That's, that's not uh, fun. For it me. makes it a little more like. Uh, forced. Well, a little less, yeah, there's no romance to it, that's for sure. That makes it, It's tough, and that's why married couples have a tough time when they have kids. Well, when you're first in a relationship, it's. I feel like you're just in, in this romance where everything is sexy, and you're just loving everything about that Oozing. person, and yeah, you just want to lay in bed all day with them, and it's just great, and then, you know, real life hits you, and right. 10 years later, that, you got to make an appointment. Right. Hey, you know, look, smartphones can alert you to that stuff. You know, you'll get, you know, alert me one hour before right. the boffing. <laughs> Sexy time. Yeah. If you have an appointment scheduled, I mean, you're going to be conscious about what you eat and things leading up to it. So maybe it might be good for you. You know, Black maybe, maybe don't have the chili the night before you yeah, have there a, you go. You have an appointment. Black Panther has uh, been a huge success at the box office, making tons of money and thrilling fans and critics alike. And it seems to be having an unexpected effect on pet adoptions. There's been a huge spike mm -hmm. in the number of people going out and getting black cats. Normally, shelters have a tough time convincing people to take black cats home because they think they're bad, bad luck. luck. Uh, but at least for now, the movie has changed that perception and people are increasingly adopting black cats. Hey. That nobody saw that coming. Right. They're like, you know what this movie's going to do? It's going to really help with the cat adoption thing. <laughs> the Oscars are this Sunday, and Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway will be presenting Best Picture again at this year's Oscars. TMZ reports the two are returning after last year's infamous mix-up when they were mistakenly given the wrong envelope. And, hey, La La Land's Best Picture. Whoops, no, it isn't. Uh, what did you do, Warren? <laughs> that was Jimmy Kimmel, a great ad lib. Yeah, ad -lib. awesome. The envelope was meant for Actress in a Leading Role Award, <laughs> which Emma Stone won for La La Land. The Academy said the people who handed off the envelope were tweeting backstage when the error occurred. Uh, they have now been prohibited from using their cell phones at all during the show. Who's going to do uh, the uh, Casey Affleck Award? Because he I don't bowed know. out after winning Best so, Actor last year. I thought some female was replacing him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that that was so crazy last year. I don't know how that happened, but have you seen the commercials of them promoting the Oscars for this year where it's it's Warren, Beatty, and, and Jimmy Kimmel, and mm -hmm. they don't even reference that? Like, that is, every time I see him with Kimmel now, that's all I think of. Uh, also, Kimmel, they're not going to mention the Me Too movement. Why? 
Um, Kimmel made a statement about it, basically saying like this is uh, an oh, it's an award ceremony. There's a separate recognition for what's going on there. The time's up, not m- me too. Um, he said, "Here's the thing: the show's not about reliving people's sexual assaults. It's an award show for people who've been dreaming about maybe winning an Oscar for their whole lives." Okay, so, I, I get that. Yeah, they're doing an official moment. I guess, but then they, they really want to just focus on the awards. Uh, Harvey Weinstein's company was sold to Ron Burkle's investment group. Mm-hmm. That's not hilarious. Uh, well, look, they're take they're they're being uh, making sure that all the responsibilities are uh, adhered to in terms of paying all of the victims and all of the small businesses that were owed money under the Weinstein Weinstein Group are going to get paid. They're not just going to get washed out mm-hmm. in a bankruptcy. Or anything like that. So well, that's good. So there are stipulations that have been made for the takeover, so that you know, it's, Burkle's just not swooping down and taking advantage of He's a terrible situation right where there will be, you know, far more victims than just Harvey Weinstein's, uh, the actual people who've been doing business with them for years. Right. At least they'll be taken care of, and uh, you know, those victims will be paid out as well. So that's one positive thing of all of that. And you know, Harvey Weinstein's done. He's See it, persona non grata, and uh, probably going to end up in jail. I mean, he should. He should be in jail. Yeah. And nominees this year will find a can of pepper spray in their Oscar goodie bag. The Just in case Harvey Weinstein does make it there. <laughs> are given to Oscar nominees each year by companies looking to promote their products and usually contain luxury items like jewelry, cosmetics, trips. This year's Oscars gift bag will also include a key ring size pepper spray, a gel pepper spray, Two personal body alarms and a kit that tells you if your drink has been spiked. The company that makes the safety products told Yahoo that it is lending a helping hand in the Me Too movement by offering products aimed at the harassment culture that is pervasive in the entertainment industry. Uh, and according to the Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Reporter, gun control adv- advocacy group Every Town for Gun Safety is giving stars anti-gun violence pins to wear to the ceremony. They are expected to include the organization's slogan, Never Again. Windy and cold flurries today, mid-30s for the high wind chills down around 20. It's 32 at DVE. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine joining us, and uh, we're going to be talking about the... You know, we need some rock music to save children's music. And there's no reason, like, bands like Metallica and, and these guys should not be knocking. They all got kids. I don't need to hear new, amazing Metallica. So play some kid stuff. They'd be amazing. That, I, I think they'd be great. James Hetfield came out... Like, Get around, yeah! Ready, <laughs> boys and girls? Yeah, yeah! Ooh, yeah! Yeah, yeah! Yeah, yeah! Ooh! Hit a farmer. <laughs> Had a dog. Yeah! Had a dog, yeah! <laughs> Bingo was his name, oh, yeah! NGO, B-I-N-G-O, yeah, ooh, yeah, B-I-N-G-O, Bingo, what's his name, oh, hey, Bingo, what's his name, hey, yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah, Jim Brewer. TV morning show. Jim Brewer's going to be performing with Metallica here in Pittsburgh in October. Yeah. October 18th. And uh, I, how know, cool is that? I'm you, so happy for him, man. Did you listen to any of the Jim Brewer album that he did where he did like a legitimate 
You did like a rock album. Yeah. Yes. No. I mean, yeah. I heard bits and pieces of it. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. legit. He sounds like an ACDC tribute band. Like, I can't listen to him now and not think of... It's of a Brian Johnson. Yeah, if you if if your like idea of a good time is you know having some beers and throwing on like that era like eighties party rock type stuff, uh, I think it's it falls right in with that. And some of it's a little harder, uh, but it's yeah. really he's uh, you know he's multi talented. So he'll be on the bill for the uh, Metallica show. And there's a lot of big shows coming to Pittsburgh this year. Tickets go on sale today. What time? What ten a.m. Ten a.m. All right, there you go. Radiohead's coming to town. Yeah, I, I got Radiohead tickets, though I'm not sure why. I I love Radiohead right up through Kid A, and then they put out like one or two albums where I was like, eh, and then they came back with one that I loved, and then the next thing I'd be like, eh, and then the next thing I'd be like, oh, I like two of those songs, and now I don't know what, I don't know anything that they do. And I'll forget about them for a while, and then a friend of mine made me a live CD, and he's like, just listen to this. Here's what they're doing now. And then I love that. I think the rarity of it you'll appreciate. Like, how many... How, when's the last time they've been here? Have they, they were, ever They been were here? opening for Belly at Metropole in 90... Wow. When was it, Joe? Joe's over Metropole. Dude, what doesn't this kid know? When was it? 21 years ago. Was it really? 21? Okay, so... That's when... 96. Uh, Metropole and Rosebud nice were were cranking every uh, every weekend. <laughs> I miss those places. I'm not. I nostalgic. used to. That Me- was the Metropole first sucked. place I partied. Metropole sucked. Rosebud was awesome. Rosebud was awesome. For for seeing music, Metropole sucked. Rosebud was awesome because Metropole had all those huge steel beams Columns. coming down, and you, yeah, your line of vision was obscured. Oh yeah, there were 27 people who could see the stage there. I miss Club Laga. That was a good in Oakland. Oh yeah, yeah. Lago was one awesome. Three floors. That that was yes. Lago was the third floor. Yeah, and they had like that huge like prison fence where yes, the bar yeah, area yes, was. Yeah. yeah, I'll never. Under- I saw <laughs> Ween it, it, in there one time, and me and my brother had to sit behind the cage to drink beers. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, my whole thought was it, make the kids go in a behind cage. a cage, cage the children. Yes. They're rambunctious anyway. <laughs> right. Why do I got to do that? The interesting thing this summer for me is uh, the Smashing Pumpkins are playing this empty arena show. That's that's kind of Oh, that's nope. not that's not what they intend to do. They just can't sell any tickets. Nobody okay. wants to see Smashing Pumpkins. <sighs> Nobody. Because he's a jerk. He's a he's big a, jerk. He's a big jerk and he wouldn't allow his bass player who everybody they want the original lineup. If uh, he wants, he says, uh, people love Smashing Pumpkins. We love the people who were in the Tonight Tonight video. If it's not that, you're not doing a reunion tour. <laughs> so, and he's just become so weird. He's been on Alex Jones's show yeah. and, and stuff like that. He's an idiot. So, our nostalgia will only take us so far, Billy. Plus, he needed to wear a wig. I feel like he should have. <laughs> yeah. You look, if the guy from Counting Crows can put on a sideshow Bob wig every mm-hmm. show, you can put on whatever, a mop. That takes you back to Siamese dream. I can't believe that's a wig. He ha- does it. Is that thing dry clean only? Like he he has to get that cleaned because I imagine yes that picks up a lot of uh, junk. In, he puts it in a box. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A new one is crafted out of eight oh, ferrets. What's in the box? Wow. <laughs> what's in the box? Ironically, Brad Pitt's ex Jennifer Aniston dated Adam Duritz, the uh, sideshow Bob lead singer of uh, Kind of Crows, who's one of the more underrated rock and roll singers out there. Six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon on that one. A little bit. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Bacon was, the Bacon Brothers probably opened <laughs> <laughs> for a count of crows at some point. DVE.
Sports. Mike Casuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Not exactly sure what happened last night in Boston, but I don't want to watch that again. Oh, you you know what happened. You saw it happen. You don't want to see it happen again. And if it continues to happen again, it's not going to be good news for the Penguins. But there might be something to be gleaned from what took place last night up in Boston. If you're familiar with Mike Sullivan, you know he repeatedly insists that you can't score your way to a championship. You have to play sound defensive hockey first and let the offense flow from that. And if there's a silver lining to Bruins 8, Penguins 4 last night, it's that the gospel, according to Sullivan, apparently translates into Russian. Here's Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> if they score five, we score six. It's not like right. Like we have like great four lines offensive zone, but we need to start playing better D zone. Like for sure. Like we can't play like just uh, if they score five with six. If they score six, we think we score seven. No, it's not work like like that. You know, like we need to understand like game start like uh, D zone. Like and uh, Boston throws today. Like uh, we not play right. We not play right. Put that I'll on that take t-shirt. things I. Never thought I'd hear Gino say for a thousand, Alex. How about that? We score six, they score seven. It not work like that. You Starts know, in the D zone. Six five at Florida Saturday. Eight four last night. Penguins get five goals and lose. Get four goals and lose. Anybody sensing a trend here? And the good news is they had been playing very well in terms of playing a complete game throughout their hot run since early January. Uh, Maybe well, they they just cannot afford to do it without Matt Murray. They're, no, the, definitely This team not. is now constructed in a way that Matt Murray cannot be injured. Well, not for the long haul, certainly. Uh, for the postseason. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be losing like this. You shouldn't have to have your goaltender yanked in consecutive games. And part of that's the goaltending. Part of that's just how ridiculously poor they played in the defensive wow. end, in the neutral zone. Uh, right, guys, just going in, just... Right up to the net, nobody on him at all. I mean, I mean, Matt Murray would have had a tough time last. There was what two, three soft goals last night. I'm going to go with three, Mike. Okay, let's let's say it was three. Boston got eight. So take the soft goals away. They got five. That's still too many. And uh, the Penguins know it. Malkin knows it. Uh, Crystal Tang knows it too. Uh, He's seen what's happened of late, and apparently there's. a French-Canadian edition of that gospel, according to Sullivan, and apparently Latang has read it. We never were able to crawl back because they play a really structured game. They play well defensively, and even if we have that much power in our room, down the road, we're not going to win games like this. Not going to win games like this. Uh, what were the specifics of the Penguins' uh, defensive deficiencies? Well, according to Sullivan, it started with the compete level. Well, I thought tonight it started with puck battles. You know, I thought, uh, you know, our second man, we weren't quick enough to the to the battle. Uh, so we didn't get that loose puck. And when we were quick quick enough to get there and, and create the two-on-two in the corner or whatever it may be, um, we, we didn't come up with enough pucks. And, and, uh, and so when you lose those puck battles, it's hard to play the game that, we're, that we want to play. We're a better team when we have the puck. We're a better team when we control territory. And I don't think we did a good enough job in that tonight. Yeah, maybe they should put some signs up around the locker room. You know, they have passion, accountability, commitment, the tenets of uh, what they want from their players. Maybe they need a sign that says, we're a better team when we have the puck, as every team is. So when you get it, do the right thing with it, and... 
don't take chances with it and lose it. And maybe you don't give up eight. Uh, Pens will try to do better on Saturday against the Islanders. Uh, the Devils and Flyers both lost last night. So it's Washington with 79 points. Philly was 78, Pittsburgh was 76, and the Devils was 74 in the Metropolitan Division. Major League Baseball Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark was in Bradenton yesterday. He was uh, meeting with the Pirates players, as the union does every spring. This uh, coincidentally came on the heels of the union filing a grievance against Major League Baseball for the Pirates, Tampa Bay Rays, Oakland Athletics, and Miami Marlins, according to the union, not properly funneling their revenue-sharing receipts back into the operation to make the -the on-the-field product better. Uh, The Pirates dismissed the grievance as baseless. Clark said yesterday, quote, we don't file a grievance if we don't have a concern. Bucks were 4-1 winners over the Blue Jays yesterday. That's their first win of the spring. They've got the Orioles in Sarasota today. Tyler Glass now, your scheduled starter for the Pirates. College basketball, Penn State beat Northwestern 65-57 to to advance to the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament in Madison Square Garden. The Nittany Lions get Ohio State. That would be number 13. Ohio State at 6.30 tonight at the world's most famous arena. Penn State is 2-0 against the number 13 Buckeyes this season. If the Nittany Lions win again, they advance to a Saturday semifinal against the winner of Rutgers and Purdue. Number 20, West Virginia, is at Texas on Saturday. And uh, Robert Morris is at Wagner, the seven-seeded Colonials, meeting the first-seeded Wagner in the Northeast Conference semifinals. RMU was 0-2 against Wagner in the regular season, but had been 0-2 against Mount St. Mary's, which it beat in the quarterfinals. Uh, College hockey tonight out at Neville Island. Robert Morris against Bentley. It's game one of a best-of-three first-round Atlantic Hockey Conference playoff series uh, they'll play tonight and saturday night and sunday if necessary we've got the games all weekend long on espn pittsburgh and mark your calendars for wednesday march the 14th that's the night of the great sports debate 7 30 at tequila cowboy doors are at 6 30 you got to be 21 to get in the sponsor is bud light uh, i'm on the panel along with mark madden adam crowley Tim Benz uh, and host Bob McLaughlin. And once again, warm-up comedian Sean Collier, clearly a glutton for punishment. Hey, if somebody wants me to be somewhere and will compensate me for appearing, then I am going to be there, damn it. I, w- I, am, I am a working comic of sorts. VIP tickets are 20 bucks. That'll get you free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. General mission tickets are free, but... You know by now, for this event, you got to register in advance because it will just draw an overflow crowd. You don't want to be left out, so uh, go to dve.com and get yourself taken care of. The great thing about this event is it's drinking and yelling. Yeah. And that's not the audience, that's the panel. I get the impression that a lot of the crowd is there to hear Stan swear. I think that is part (laughs) of the appeal. Well, I'll be disappointed this year because there's no Stan. Ah, well... But uh, then, then hear hear unrestrained Mark Madden. We'll have some fun. Imagine that normally he's restrained a little bit. Yeah, think about that for a second. Yeah. His yeah. show is him being restrained. Right. In, in this instance, you know, if you listen to Madden's show, you hear him say "f this, f that" a lot. Right. In in the sports debate setting, he actually says "f this" and "f that." You'll, you'll get the other three letters yes. and more <laughs> for free. Yeah. And Shut- if you want to hear Mike Pursuta like he talks in the breaks. 
here in the station, go to the show. Oscar predictions, Sean Collier coming up next when we return here on the DVE Morning Show. Play responsibly. Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. And joining us uh, in studio here, uh, not only Sean Collier here from Pittsburgh Magazine with his Oscar picks, but uh, Chris Stefano is at the Improv all weekend long. You might know him from Ultimate Beastmasters and Benders. Uh, and, uh, well, dude, you've had like 10 shows. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, like... You're on every channel. Uh, yeah, but it's funny because I'm one of those people, like, I'm on a lot, but then, like, as soon as I got in the, the car today, um, the, you know, it was, like, p- pickup provided by the club. The driver's like, I don't know who you are. I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. That's I was a like, nice way to okay. start it off. Welcome like, to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've hey. met much more famous people than you. Yeah. Well, everything I do, it's I'm on one season, and then I get fired. Or, like, I or just canceled. <laughs> like, Bender's one season canceled. Ultimate Beastmaster, one season fired. Bender's so, should have uh, Bender should have gone. That, that, yeah, that, that yeah. could have took off because... I don't think enough people even knew about it. No. It's such a great premise, particularly here in Pittsburgh, where those leagues are so prominent. Val's husband basically yeah, we is some, yep. like you know very involved. Plays adult league hockey. Oh, yeah. hockey! Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited. I'm a huge hockey fan. It's just coincidental. I'm a huge Islanders fan, and they're playing the Penguins uh, tomorrow in Pittsburgh. So I'm gonna go. If I if I is Pittsburgh a city? If I go deck down Islander stuff, am, am I gonna are we Islanders? Gonna get, am you're I gonna okay. get into a fight or no no because okay, we stink. The not Islanders. yeah, Islanders. Yeah. You're fine. You come here to Flyers jersey, then it's we're brawling. You're, you're not gonna yeah. hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. but there were days where like on the smoking decks outside of the old Civic Arena, Flyers games every intermission was like Friday night fights. You yeah. just go out there and watch people beat each up, beat each other up over cools. Yeah, they, yeah. there's yeah. not smoking decks anymore. I think. That was a big part of it. Like the older your barn is, the more fights that are going right. to happen. Now it's like a nice facility, so it feels like yeah, you're hu- you're fighting somebody in a in a nice hospital or something. Like, right, dude, I would fight you, but this ticket cost one hundred and forty dollars. I am not. Yeah, because before you get pick up a twenty dollar cheap seat in the old arena or something like that. Who cares if you get kicked out? Yeah, now it's like half a check. Yeah, same, same, same. Back home in New York, man, it's all like corporate stuff now. And the Islanders fans, at least old school Islanders fans, like we are the the ugliest fan base in professional sports history. <laughs> so it's like some of the people crawling out of the holes, like just coming out like no teeth, crazy hair, being in this like beautiful arena in downtown Brooklyn. It's like we don't fit. You know, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. It's like, yeah. feel like hockey is gritty. We don't have we don't want a corporate suite. That's how I feel about the new Pens arena because PPG Paints Arena is beautiful. It is awesome, but it has like too much light. The lights yeah. are all the way turned up. It it feels like it's closing time all the time, and you can see everybody, and that's you know it's unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like Pittsburgh's like a very blue collar city. Blue collar uh, city. It just doesn't. I don't think like a shiny arena works. No. Same thing as New York. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, Chris is here uh, for a little while. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Four one two four six two five two three three or Improv dot com to get tickets to see uh, Chris at the Improv. Sean Collier, your Oscar predictions. Uh, for this Sunday, yeah, I, I, I might not be the best one to judge. I think the Oscars might be interesting again, and that's that's not to me. It's always to me the Os- It's it like is a pile of crap interesting to a dog? Yes, the answer is yes. That's me. To other people, I know there's been a lot of years where not only movies that get a lot of Oscars, but movies that win Best Picture are of no interest to anyone. Yeah. Like, oh, can the King's Speech pull off an upset? Nobody cares. Literally no one. <laughs> hey, remember the artist? But no, the, hey, not at all. The King's Speech, did it did make me root for the King to make the speech. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really did want him to do it, it was by of, the end of it. It was pretty good for that. It was like Don't a sports stutter. movie. About right. <laughs> You're like, come on. You can do it. <laughs> come on, <laughs> dude. Say those words. <laughs> the artist. I, uh, I don't even remember that. 
That like, was the silent, silent one. movie. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's yeah, like, I remember oh. that. Silent movies are back, guys. Was no, Adrian Brody in that? No. no, but it was a, a a guy with a similar French name who I forget. I don't remember it. You said that, and I can't remember it. That's how much people didn't care about the Oscars a couple years ago. This year, I truly believe that the Best Picture winner will either be the weird, crowd-pleasing monster movie where the lady sleeps with the fishes, not metaphorically, right, or the incredibly popular blockbuster horror movie. This is a different game. All of a sudden. First of all, there's too many movies. I, they're defeating the purpose of w- what they're trying to do. I think it's actually counter to what their goal is by, uh, like, nominating 20 films for Best Picture. That is not putting more light on those movies. I, I think it gets lost. Uh, the award start, gets devalued a little bit. That, that was a the nomination certainly does. That the nomination, was, right? That was no, a sorry. that was a bad way to deal with that problem. Before, yeah. the big change, the change that remember last year, Moonlight won eventually after someone explained yeah. the, what was going on. Tell to Grandma Warren and Mady. Grandpa to turn the card over. Yeah, <laughs> but Moonlight won because they took these big steps to diversify the voters. After the Oscars so white year, they brought in a lot of younger voters, a lot of diverse voters, and that allowed Moonlight to be the most Oscar-y movie that ever Oscared La La Land. So things are different now. The first thing they tried to do to make that change was move it to 10 nominees, which just meant that, like, hey, things like Darkest Hour that not that many people saw and have no chance to win are nominated, too, for no reason. The actual race, if you want to get to the four movies that have a chance to win Best Picture, the smart money is on three billboards. Itself, not a very Oscar-y movie. It's a weird kind of dark comedy indie drama. That's the betting favorite. Something doesn't smell right about that to me. I won't explain how voting works because it's boring. But I think (laughs) it's set up to allow Shape of Water or Get Out to jump ahead of three billboards. I I liked Get Out a whole lot more after I heard Jordan Peele like describe it a little bit more in depth than I was capable of understanding at the time. Like the racial metaphors like the very base one I I understood. But it runs pretty deep. It's it's pretty cool. And I didn't get it on the first watch. I was like it's good. I get it. Yeah. Marginalized and uh, silenced. I get it. But it really goes a lot further than that. No, that's that's why I think it is such an Oscar caliber movie. When you first watch it, you're like, oh, this is a really good horror movie. And then you go back to it and it, see everything it, it, that was It done. encompasses so much of the like black-white dynamic, like yeah. right down to... We want your physical prowess, and we want to live on in your healthy, muscular bodies. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that it 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 tackled you know liberal racism, not yeah, not yeah. a lot of movies. I would have voted for Obama a third time. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, a yeah. lot of movies hit normal <laughs> racism. This hits that subtle New England racism. All right, so that was good. Shape of Water, I loved. I thought like that's like a really cool watch it in a theater popcorn kind of movie like fantastical like everything you know like old school movies it reminded me of like watching what it would be like to watch a movie in the 50s where you're like holy cow this whole other world exists uh you know because now we're sort of desensitized to stuff like that and he pulled it off and that's why i think it 
it will win. Not only is it really, really good, friendly to the new Oscar voting, whatever, it does have that movie magic to it. It's the movie magic uh, movie this year, and that gets really popular. Again, a couple of years ago, The Post would have won everything without even thinking about it. Now we're in a world where people go, hey, wait, The Post wasn't actually that good, and something like Shape of Water could move in. I don't think it's going to have the big sweep. I know it's nominated for everything. Well, I, to I your point about, director. about magic, movie magic, like yeah. three billboards you could have done on an iPhone with good actors. Yes. And like Shape of Water uses everything that studios have at their... It's beautifully shot. Yeah. And there's a lot of respect for Guillermo del Toro and what he does. There just wasn't that one movie that the establishment could rally around until now again if you want to bet conservatively when you're filling out your pool go ahead and write down three billboards but i'm i'm calling it for shape of water so best director you think is going to be is going to be guillermo del toro as well and and great for him he's a he and he likes the scare house everybody so yeah he does he's a big that, fan count that as a hometown win it's there's still normal oscary things gary oldman is still gonna win for he having shouldn't. jowls he you shouldn't know? He yelled, and he played a historical figure, and he had a lot of makeup on, so you win. We already gave away too many Oscars to people doing imitations of people who aren't here anymore. I know, and he's the third or fourth best performance in that category. Uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out should win. I agree. He was unbelievable. Just the shot of him sitting in the chair alone when he gets hypnotized that first Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. There's two or three of those shots in that movie that are like the one shot where um, where the maid... Yeah. comes into the room to talk about it, unplugging his phone and apologizing. And the, the, the tear that comes out of her eyes is like she's so trying good. to get out of the shell of her body. That's like an, an incredible scene, an incredible job of acting. And by the way, a lot of people are, one of the movies that people have not seen for among this year's nominees is Denzel's performance in Roman J. Israel Esquire. Here's what happened. That could be a slapstick comedy. That could be <laughs> exactly. a basketball coach movie. Is that Adam <laughs> Sandler's new picture? I, I have no that? idea what it is. Here's how that went down. Voting day, nominations are due, everyone has their ballot filled out, and the fifth spot says James Franco, the disaster artist. And then we find out everything about James Franco. And everyone goes over to their ballot and crosses that out and writes down Denzel Washington, because he's the automatic nominee, like Meryl Streep yes. is the automatic. And then, after doing that, they went and looked up what movie Denzel made yeah. this year. All right. It's a nothing movie. Uh, Francis it's like McDormand. Cam Hayward it's making the Pro Bowl movie. this year. Again, you're not doing really anything to increase your chances of being blurbed. Never going to get on that poster. Francis McDormand, Manesson's owned. I know they already have the congratulatory billboards up. That's fine. She's definitely going to win. Uh, and Sam Rockwell, her castmate, is is almost a lock. Uh, I really love that Allison Janney is going to get an Oscar. I think that she is... Uh, oh, she was so good in that. She's the best. I, Tanya was one of my favorite movies that I saw. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a simple man, but like, Get Out and I, Tanya. Yeah. Those are my two. You can you can have all the other movies. I didn't need to watch the Olympics after I, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Not my figure skating fix. And there's two such uh, two Olympic blasters uh, in the nominees with Icarus, which you've seen, Bill, the, uh, oh the Russian God, documentary. So that one yeah. I saw. That was um, crazy. But Allison Janney's just somebody I'm glad to see get an Oscar. So who gets Best Actress? Francis McDormand. Francis, okay. Uh, for three billboards. Uh, if you want to go down the list all the way to just Best do, just, Documentary just, Short, they're on uh, PittsburghMagazine.com. Uh, Sean Collier from Popcorn Pittsburgh Magazine. There you go. He's, uh, he's got them all there. listed for you. Val's got your news when we come back. What are you talking about? Well, uh, a real estate agent in Arizona can't sell a house because it was used to film pornos. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, look. I think they'd have an easier time. Yeah. I'd rather have a haunted house, I think. 
Uh, yeah, there's both a lot. What if the porn stars died there? Good point. Uh, Chris the DeStefano. The wouldn't sound the same, I guess. No, right, exactly. Oh. Chris DeStefano is oh. with us, and he's at the Improv this weekend. Oh. Buffalo Rose in the coffee house later, DV. I can't believe that's a wig. He ha- does it? Is that thing dry clean only? Like he he has to get that cleaned because I imagine yes that picks up a lot of he uh, puts junk. In, he puts it in a box. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A new one is crafted out of eight oh, ferrets. What's in the box? Oh, oh, what's in the box? Ironically, Brad Pitt's ex Jennifer Aniston dated Adam Duritz, the uh, sideshow Bob lead singer of uh, Counting Crows, who's one of the more underrated rock and roll singers out there. Six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon on that one. A little bit. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Bacon was the Bacon Brothers probably opened <laughs> for a count of crows or something. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Kevin Show. Bacon hung up on us one time because <laughs> we asked. <laughs> That's the weirdest way to start a conversation. He hung up on us because we asked about uh, like a movie and they're like, we only want to talk about the Bacon Brothers band. And I just kind of wanted to be like, nobody. So in Footloose, <laughs> when you and uh, what's his face are driving the tractors right at each other. <laughs> like, it wasn't even like a warning. Like, well, guys, we really want to just talk about our music. It was just like, so got to ask a question about you being Kevin Bacon, the movie star. And they're like, click. <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Or maybe it was his brother. Maybe his, bro- his brother might have been. I never, you know, I couldn't see who actually put the receiver down. It was probably his brother because Kevin Bacon is like so famous, but his brother's probably just annoyed at all times. He's sick and tired. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just don't. I just want to talk about my thing. Right? <laughs> don't ask me about Dancing with the Wolves. He's, he's, the, he's the other bacon. <laughs> yeah, the other bacon. That stinks to be the other bacon. Never want to be. He's turkey that. bacon. Yeah. You, don't the, be you know, they bacon. got support groups in Los Angeles. I swear. I, I did Um, I did a, a, a pilot with uh, uh, Joel, Joel Murray, Bill mm-hmm. Murray's uh, yeah, I know brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, this guy, Josh Myers, Seth Myers' brother. And he said that they have support groups in LA for like famous pe- people have famous siblings. No, and like way. how? And I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, dude. He's like, we don't go, but they have that. I'm like, how fragile are you people? You know? I was like, dude, uh, you know, jo- Joel's the great, coolest guy ever. He would never go, but he was just like, yeah, this. Well, is what he they had have his here. own success. Yeah, he's great. So Tom Hanks has uh, two brothers, one of whom was trying to be a stand-up for a long time. Really? And he just was not funny hmm. and didn't have any of the charm. It's always like the brother that doesn't have the as good a hair. Right. And uh, like, <laughs> well, I heard Tom Hanks used to do stand up in the eighties. I heard that he did. That it wouldn't surprise me. Some of the comics said that they he used. That's what he started to do. Like he, it wasn't wow. that long, and he never got anywhere with it. But right, yeah, it's weird that he did stand up. The Murray brothers. There's like eight of them, though. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. there's a, there's another one besides Joel. I mean, everyone knows Brian Doyle Murray and and Bill, but. And then Joel, who was on, I can't remember what TV show he was on forever. Uh, he was yeah. on one of those ABC shows with Jolie Fisher. But yeah. there was another one that started a movie called Moving Violations. <laughs> and it's the, it's, it's Stacey Keach is in it. It's, speaking of another, another brother uh, yeah. dynamic, and it's the dumbest movie in the world. And he's like <laughs> doing an impersonation of his brother. It mm-hmm. seems like the whole way, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, but that's just probably how they all talk to one another. They all, and you know, he was saying like, there's eight, eight of them, but they're all like very close friends. Like they all get together like on Christmas stuff. Like there's been no real bad blood, which I was like, yeah. that's interesting. They have a golf tournament mm-hmm. that they do now, the Murray Brothers Golf Tournament. It's yeah. like the Caddyshack Open or something like that. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that those guys are just a bunch of you know Irish 
boozing Chicago. I was gonna dudes. say it was great. It was just like because yeah. I love I love working with the old school guys because they just like you know he's smoking cigarettes in the studio, just didn't care. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah, he like cut out early one day. He's like yeah, I got I'm drinking with my boys. I'm like you're the man. Yeah, I wish you were my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Stefano's with us. He's at the Improv this weekend. Yeah, you might know him from Benders from uh, um, the Ultimate Beastmaster. What for those who don't know Netflix. Ultimate Beastmaster. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie. No, the Ultimate Beastmaster. It's a. Sh- <laughs> it was a show. It's so funny. Like this is just the way like the world like works now. So I got hired to do this show like two years ago. Um, it just came out like like six months ago. But it's basically a show where like you know, um, it's like a like a, a ultimate uh, ninja warrior kind of thing. It's that's what it is. It's like Netflix mm-hmm. idea of it. And they hired me to be a comedian. So they're like, look, go out there. Take pride in it was all different countries had different teams. So it was like America had a team, right. China had a team, France had a team. So I was the American nice. co-host with Tiki Barber, the running back, old running back from the New York Giants. So it was great. And um, they were like, Tiki's the color guy. Like he'll, you know, be boring. Hey, wait, like, that's, you, racist. that's racist. Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> they were like, you just be funny. They were like, whatever it is, like just jokes, throw jokes. And they would have me go up there for like four hours. You know, you whittle it down. You only see 20 minutes. But when you're filming, like just four hours, so I would just be saying anything taking pride in America, making fun of other countries, and now the climate that we live in, the show comes out, and they're like, you're racist. You're right. hurting me. I'm like, yo, honestly, I never responded to anybody, but I, and like people would be like, this is, people would tweet me and be like, you ruined this experience for me. I'm like, look, if you are getting like high off volunteer firefighters jumping on lily pads in a dragon's mouth, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't really care what your opinion is of me. <laughs> and then I got fired, which... Was cool. Like, in a way, like, at first it hurt, but then, like, I went back to, like, you know, my comedian friends, and they're like, it's the best thing that could ever happen. You got fired. fired from that show. Yeah. Yeah, and now I got replaced the- with uh, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, the wrestler, which is like, I get it. He's got like, he's like millions of followers on social media, but like people were tweeting at me that I ruined their experience. I was like, what are you talking about? How? Yeah, how? So Why you, are you uh, watching this crap? You grew up in Brooklyn and <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the, the the real America of immigrants is, yeah. you know, right right there. Sure. And Colin Quinn had that brilliant special about number one, New York, yeah. and, and really what made it great and how it's like, you know, it's not harmonious, but it no. it isn't uh, completely, you know. People, Forced harmony. Yeah. You have to get along It's at some level. Because of the clo- yeah, close proximity. And, like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I feel like that that was, like, the old New York, though. Like, I don't know if it's happening in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Gentrification? It, is it happening oh. all over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know what it is? Like, to be honest, like, it's all cool. Like, all that stuff is cool. But I just feel like people get out of control now because you can't hit anybody anymore. Like, I'm from a point where, like, I would get hit. You know, my friends would – I've been punched a lot in my life. So, like, I stay – I have – you know, I can be cordial. I can be respectful. Like, right. I understand because I'm like, I don't want to get hit. It's just like a thing. But now people don't get hit. And so, like, guys just do whatever they want. Like, I saw a guy – like, when I was – I saw a guy uh, in New York going to work. He was on a scooter. Like an actual scooter, like a one, like a child's razor scooter, scooter yeah. razor scooter. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're like, you have a wife and children. Like, do you think your wife's not cheating on you? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, just, I was like, I wanted to be like, dude, like, I just want to punch you, snap you back into reality. Be like, just get on the train, get on the bus, get in your car. Like, stop. You're going through this midlife crisis, but. You know, you I, can I, be one up. Like she was probably cheating on him, but with somebody who had a Vespa. Yeah, like that. Exactly. Like that dude has more yeah, clout than you. Yeah, I know, dude. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's changed. It's New York's changed a lot, but it's still 
you know, I feel like there's still like that grittiness, which I'm sure is here still. Uh, well, everybody, everybody likes to just, you know, uh, claim. It seems to me that most of the people that com- do the complaining about New York are people that moved there five years ago. But, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. But there is a, you know, a Disneyification that happened in certain parts, you know. Sure. But is Times Square better? You know, because you won't go and get stabbed and there aren't hookers everywhere. Is it nicer to have that kind of uh, Times Square? Yeah, it was part of the fun. You know, you don't know. You know, it was part of the fun. It'd be like, let me get my hepatitis shot. I'm going to Times Square <laughs> just in case, you know. But I, yeah, I feel like. Did you watch The Deuce on HBO? I did not, no. All right, so because it, it kind of highlights that area in the like the, the early days of porn, the genesis of, of the porn industry. And, uh, I mean, it really did look bad there i mean going back to the murray brothers i remember bill murray talking about how much he loved it when he first started working at snl because it was a complete just garbage pit sure well like even like some like uh, the neighborhood i grew up in 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 brooklyn this neighborhood called uh bushwick and it's very gentrified now but when i grew up there you know it was not a nice neighborhood and and like you know some of the places where like i saw like i remember one there's this play this it's called flushing avenue i was on flushing avenue once and i saw i was like 10 years old Mm -hmm. and i saw a dead body like a legit dead body we were like holy crap like i went to a payphone called the cops and it was like whoa dead body a little kid and now they have a gluten-free pizzeria there and i'm like <laughs> you know like it's too ch- so it's like the most disrespectful like not only right. taking gluten out of the pizza like you're putting it on the corner where like they used to just be classic right. dead bodies and that's this why- is how this is how i know the neighborhood you grew up in is bad is because i've heard both of the references in rap songs <laughs> yeah yeah bushwick and flushing avenue like <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's I, what it is. I know those places yo but to be honest, like I'm a homeowner now and my mom owns the home. Like I, I want at fir- like five years ago, I was like, ah, oh, gentrification, uh, these people. But now I'm like, yo, bring your acai bowls, bring your right. flea markets. <laughs> my property value is going to go up because you right. idiots just want to move in and be, you know, urban, live on the urban farm. It's like, good, dude. Good. Because I, I, I can get five times as much for this money because your dad, I, your I trust went, fund kid. I, you know, we're having obviously this boom of gentrification in this city and I went to school over in East Liberty which was a, a bad neighborhood at the right. time. Gang violence in the early 90s and now you go over there and there's like you know, Bakery Square and there's all these cupcake called stores. Bakery Square, yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, the, I saw this dude and it was like he was from like 92, he had leather shorts on and he was walking past a cupcake store just looking in like <laughs> Yeah. Dude, like Pooh Bear got stabbed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now people are buying, you know, cupcakes. Yeah. It's just it's nuts. I know, man. But it's a new neighborhood, you know. What the, what the, what the, I can't do anything. You know, I just <laughs> I just deal with it. I mean, some of the guys I just want to hit and watch them explode into kale chips, but I won't do that. You know, I can't. I'm not I can't, you know. I'm like I have too much. I can't. You should I, be able to tackle anybody oh, dude, on a unicycle. Yeah, though. dude. You, I, that I, should you should have a video game for like hipsters, like attacking hipsters. Yeah, well, I mean to hit them, you just send them like an email in all caps lock and that's like the new <laughs> that's like the new punch to like block them on Twitter. They're like I was assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel, but you know, they're nice. They're nice people. They Chris, don't come to my comedy show, so actually, I don't care about them. Yeah, well, I've always, I, you know, it's not the best comparison, but I always said they're like spiders. They like they make like you know they clean up all the other bugs and like yeah. they, like you know get rid of like you know crime and everything, <laughs> and they put up a web and it looks nice. I yeah. don't know, but what like, are you gonna do? <laughs> I like the hipster stuff. I I like the coffee shops. I like the yeah. restaurants. Yeah, I like all that stuff. I'm all cool. I'm cool with all that. I think it's a lot of good things, but I think there's a lot of things like you said, like living, you know, like commenting on a neighborhood that you have no idea what it's about but you just want to be woke it's like just ju- <laughs> i just want you to be based in truth that's all i just right. want you to, if mm-hmm. you can tell me something on why you're offended by that like give me a real reason 
why you're offended by this. You right. Know? Yeah. That, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Uh, like I have a I have a problem. Like yo, know, to be honest, like I'm. You know, I grew up. I grew up where I grew up in in Brooklyn, right? I grew up. I told you, like tough neighborhood. Yeah. Um, my dad was in jail for ten years for like, what? Like you know, like federal racketeering white, something, white collar kind of stuff. No, it was, oh, racketeering. Yeah, oh. it was like he was like just in yeah, like money laundering, like all that stuff. But like ten years, so no dad, crap house. I got a scholarship uh, to college to play basketball. Where'd you uh, go? Um, St. Joseph's College. I know uh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. my uncle I went played there. there. Yeah, so it's like you know, I'm on paper, I'm black. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you know, like that's just I grew up. So it's like when you no talk dad, about basketball scholarship, I have no struggle. It's like because of what I look like. It's like, well, do I, dude? And it's and it's always will be a white woke hipster telling me about like I don't know what it's like. It's like, all right, dude, you probably grow up on you know next to a lake in Wisconsin. And your dad's trust fund money just bought you this brownstone. But, you know, because you went to one march, now you think you can talk to me about anything? You went to one woman's march? Do you feel good about yourself? You know, but isn't that, isn't that a weird thing? How I, I like it seems like people want to who can buy this like uh, um, romantic sort of. Uh, vision of what of what living this bohemian lifestyle sure. would be. So instead of living in in luxury where they could in other places, like yeah. they they actually want to have like Spartan conditions exactly, and, and they they want it to be minimized because that to them is like they're buying the aesthetic. Yeah, which is so, th- and those people are the are the worst to me because it's just like a follower mentality. It's like what? Why are you doing? And like uh, to be honest, like my friends, like I. I have, I, you know, where I grew up, like, I have friends of all different races, religions. It's New York. Like, we yeah. we just are not, America, I just feel like those people are just bored. Like, their lives are so good. It's like, <laughs> yo, honestly, dude, I don't care what bathroom you use. Like, like nobody bothers me. If you're a good person, you're a good person. I just, I don't care at all. But these people need to be offended um, by everything. I think I think mo- mainly just because they're bored. Yeah. You know, My- and there's no way they're even listening to the show right now because they won't listen to it unless it's like NPR on an app <laughs> or it's like, I only listen to podcasts. <laughs> so I know I can talk freely about them because they're not, and they're not even up. They's like, they're all like, they don't work real I, jobs. I have some friends who are like, you know, a part of, uh, of what I would say is like a hipster community that they're not totally obnoxious. Well, that's good. You know, like, but, but I think that they, but they, they are follow, blacksmiths. They are, they are, they make olives. <laughs> All day, That's all they do it, is what, they jar cool, olives and jar pickles. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, you know, I think it's funny when someone's like, "I don't even have a TV." And I'm always like, "That must suck." There's so much good TV right now. <laughs> yeah, like, how, why, dude? You can come to my house anytime you want. I watch TV all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, they're like, I, I just the people like like I used to like when I would want like words don't hurt me like, but now like words are hurting people. Like I used to you know being like one of the only white kids like walking through. I went to Catholic school. Like I would get oh, yeah. like. True, a true atomic wedgie where it's like we got a bleeder, oh, dude. and it's like you know, and it's like calling me like slurs and like, and it's like that hurts, like that would hurt, but like you know, if 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 I use the wrong term, like I don't care if you assume my gender, I really don't care, right? Assume it. Yeah, <laughs> take a guess. I want you to take a guess because right now I look like a diesel lesbian. And that's okay, you know. My buddy, who I uh, was my roommate in college, was from the Bronx, and I would go down. Uh, I was going to college in Boston. We would come down to New York almost every weekend, and he had friends, just like you're saying. It's New York. Yeah. Every kind of wraith, 
race, ethnicity, they were the most racist, but like funny. Sure. Like it, it was what, what I call like functional racism. Like yeah. it was like they say something to you that totally demeans your race, yeah. but then like throw their arm around you and you're, you know, you're exactly. hanging out. Like my, like Hurricane Sandy happened in, in New York, big devastating hurricane, like wiped out like coastlines. My dad lived on Staten Island. He was going around picking oh, okay. up families. My dad, old school Italian, like a garlic knot that can talk you know like like, that's how he is like you can't imagine that this guy exists in real life like old school italian like what you've seen in the movies and he would go he was going around picking up people families a lot of like uh like latino families picking them up on the coastline and my dad's house wasn't damaged and letting them stay in his house some families he let stay for like two weeks like giving them shelter and all that but like just my dad being my dad like he was also making like racist jokes towards them (laughs) and like being like yeah you know don't steal the silverware like Old school, like just hack old school New York dad jokes, and it's like nowadays, like somebody like oh, you're somebody write an article about how horrible my father is, but like to these families, they love him, and like my mm-hmm. dad like still has relationships with him. So it's like sometimes I feel like we all are. There's so many people like in this country, like. I'm not, I'm not talking about like blatant racism, but like when we make fun of each other's cultures and stuff, it's like that's fine. That's fine. That's how yep. we grew up in New York. It's like you can we can make fun of each other. It's fine. Well, this it's is fun. why it's 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 like a problem that it is impossible to solve because there are so many nuances and differences in every dynamic between somebody like your dad with with uh, yeah. people of different uh, origin and somebody who doesn't live anywhere near any immigrants anywhere. Sure. Mm-hmm. So those people having that relationship, it's like you were just talking about Bill. Your buddies, like you know, you're busting each other's chops, and then you can throw your arm around each other. Yeah. Well, the reason you can bust each other's chops is because you know each other. Right. And the first place and you know that it's coming from a place of like dude i recognize our differences but we're still good and so there's no lingering like i want you i don't think you should be able to vote because of these things i'm saying you know and other people are like you know what all these things i'm saying aren't jokes i want you to leave and get away from here there's like a distinct difference between recognizing differences and then wanting to marginalize people because of those yeah and even voting like i don't even think we should all vote like i just (laughs) think like that should be a skill that you go to school for it's like why am i voting i don't know what the hell like I just I just go Democrat all the way down the line. I have no idea who anybody even is besides the presidential candidates. I'm like, why? Are, but then like you go to the middle of the country, especially, and you're like, yeah, these people shouldn't be voting. They shouldn't the, be. Yeah. The last time we voted, uh, I, there was a ballot. There was a referendum for something about uh, judges and their how long they were allowed to sit mm-hmm. on the bench. And it was this long thing. And I had I did not understand it at all. And I pulled out my phone at, at the voting booth and Googled it. Like what? Sure. What the argument was, and I sat there like reading an article on it while I was at the voting booth, and I'm like cramming for okay. a pop quiz. <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, "Are you okay over there?" I'm like, "Yeah, hold on, I just want to see what David Brooks has to say about this, and uh, yeah. I'll make up my mind in a second. Yeah, I, don't, I think we should get rid of everybody wanting to vote. I just think like that should, if you go to college for vo- voting, should be your major. You should get like a master's or doctorate degree in voting, and then you tell me who the president's supposed to be, because I genuinely don't know. We don't know what the hell people are like. I don't know when they start talking. About about like the economy or global politics i'm like i have no idea sometimes like trump will mention a country i'm like i genuinely didn't even know that was a country like Wait, he mm-hmm. doesn't either he makes yeah, them up yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes yeah. they aren't countries yeah they yeah. are yeah. Yeah. I'm like, he's like wakanda <laughs> is a place yeah. where <laughs> Wakanda, narnia yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> chris uh de stefano at the improv all weekend long 412-462-5233 improv.com 
Don't miss these shows. Uh, is this your first time in Pittsburgh? I've been to Pittsburgh a couple of times, uh, like just in life, but never to the Improv. Oh, Great well, city. Awesome, all right, man. man. Well, uh, welcome to the uh, to the stage at the Improv. And go out and see Chris this weekend once again. 412-462-5233. Improv.com to get tickets. It's great to meet you, man. You, you too, guys. Right Thanks on. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh.com. DVE Sports. Mike Rasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What happened at the Garden last night? The Bruins got eight, and the Penguins got four. And uh, the details therein, well, uh, the Penguins will uh, assess that and try to make corrections and move on. Suffice it to say that Mike Sullivan did not like the way the Penguins played last night in that 8-4 loss in Boston, and he doesn't like the way the Penguins have been playing of late, but nor does Sullivan think the losing streak that got extended to three games via last night's 8-4 loss in Boston is representative. I don't know if habits can be developed in, in three games. You know, the last three games, we don't think we've played the game the right way. Prior to that, for a long stretch, we were playing the game the right way. And we were, we were limiting the quality of chances we were giving up. And I think we, we generate offense because of it. And uh, so, so I'm not sure habits can be formed in three games. I think it's more of an attention detail and a commitment to play the game hard. And, and I didn't think... I thought tonight we played a team that won more puck battles, that were more diligent, uh, you know, with, with the details of the game, and uh, we have to be better. Now the Bruins have owned the Penguins in Boston of late, and that mm. continued to be the case last night. Sidney Crosby didn't feel the need to overanalyze. Yeah, I mean it's uh, one of those games we didn't, we didn't really uh, do well in any area, didn't deserve to win. We didn't really do well in any area. Other than that, though, I thought we played well. I think he's got that figured out. Well, they didn't, you know, nobody got injured in a fight. There's that. There's that. But they didn't win any puck battles. Got the giraffe fight. That was entertaining. Took too many penalties early in the game. Didn't score a power play goal. Gave up three power play goals. There were a couple embarrassing goals. Casey DeSmith was playing keep away with the puck. At one point I went, wow, Jerry Jari stopped two in a row. I love how you call him Jerry all the time. Come on, Jerry. It's very Pittsburgh. Stop some goals and I'll call you Jari. (laughs) I'm going to boil that game down to one play. I think it was the Pasternak goal. It it hit DeSmith and flipped over him. And it fell behind him and just trickled. He had no idea where it was. And it... It barely got over the line. Then a referee skates over to his point. There it is. There it's a goal. It's like, what? What do you mean it's a goal? There was one where I don't remember who it was was dragging it and defensemen were flopping all over. Oh, the late play. second oh, period. Yeah, that was um, that was just embarrassing. Pretty sure. And did one of their new guys get it? I think that one that you're referring to was um, Nash. Pasternak. I could be wrong. There were so many. It was hard to keep It was track. embarrassing, though. It just looked like minor leaguers out there. It uh, it wasn't good, but Evgeny uh, Malkin said the Penguins can and will get over it. We forget this game. like, and uh, I think we're a great team, and uh, we need like start work a little bit better and a little bit rest. Let's look next game. I think it's awesome. Every time I hear his voice now, you know, everything sounds such a different context with Russia. And, like... The fact that Putin is now just 
on full display, full dictator, threatened, like showed a video of his new nuclear weapons blowing up Florida yesterday. And Gino said he was on Team Putin at the beginning of the year. And if it was anybody else, if that was like a, a Middle Eastern dude, and he was like, I'm Team ISIS or whatever, you know, n- nobody would stand for it. But because everybody is 100% sure, and it's probably true, that his family is being held hostage if he goes the other way at all on this, that he has to be like, uh, Team Putin. I don't and, know. Maybe he's in on it. He's down with it? Maybe. I don't think so. He's he's the... Uh, They've got Dennis locked up in the cage. <laughs> yeah, that's so what it is, Team man. Team Putin for me. Maybe you know, he's the mole that's going to get in America by screwing up the two-time Stanley Cup champions. Well, I don't know. If they, the way he's been playing it... That's uh, a little ruse. Uh, he's uh, scoring a bunch of goals now, sure. The way to the playoffs. It's so. a ruse. See, I look at it from the other... <laughs> I look at it from the other way, where Russia has so much power now... You know, DJ Gallo tweeted out this morning that maybe Putin's aiming those things to take out Tampa Bay. <laughs> and that just helps the Penguins. Yeah, that's true. Well, right. He, yeah, he may be just trying Kucherov's to Kucherov's get... down there. He can't do that. Uh, the goalie's Russian. All right. Well, that's one. Putin wants that Ovechkin Cup, Does but he? sometimes... Well, you better wipe out every other team then. Yeah, look, you can only help him so much. Eventually, you're going to have to put a puck in the net, Ovi. <laughs> I don't know. I think we can beat the uh, the Lightning if they only have a goalie. They can't field a full team. I like the Pens' chances in that. Yeah. It's funny that you know you watch these teams. Uh, we talked uh, this week about his New Jersey for real. Uh, mm-hmm. Boston certainly put its best foot forward last night. Moving forward, the Caps and, and Ovechkin's mm-hmm. having an outstanding year. He's leading the league in goals. He's closing in on six hundred career goals. He's doing all his Ovi things. But the Caps are kind of an afterthought, even though they're leading the Metro, aren't they? Is that just because the Pens always beat the Caps? I mean, are you are you assessing playoff threats and looking much more at Tampa than you are Washington? I think you know if you extrapolate the analogy that we always use between Patriots and the Steelers, with the the Penguins are the Patriots in this scenario. Yes, and so that no matter how good the Steelers are doing, the Caps the stretch, are the Steelers. Yes, and the door. Everybody had this feeling like, oh, Belichick and those guys are going to figure it out just in time for the postseason. Yeah. And I think there's that feeling about the Penguins is that they will get it together. And the fact that they had that huge run at the start of the year, up until basically the last couple of games, has everybody believing that that's an inevitability. But it is funny how many Penguin fans will turn on a dime if social media is any inclination of how they're feeling last night. Everyone all of a sudden is like, we didn't get a D-man at the trade deadline. We're screwed. It's over. Ian Cole is now Bobby Orr. Isn't that funny? Dude was a healthy scratch for how many games? And now he's with the Blue Jackets. But the Hunwick hate is for real. Yeah, well, there's some of that's justified, but I, it's not about that guy, that fifth or sixth defenseman. It's about the stars. To me, uh, I wrote about this for Pittsburgh Magazine this week. Crystal Tang's the guy that's got to play much better. Hunwick only has so much of an upside. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like he's going to become a Norris Trophy winner, but Latang is supposed to be that, and and – Way, way too often, he is nowhere near that. So he- the, the drum that I've heard you beat consistent, consistently over the last six years, the stars have to be the stars. And that's because you've been here six years. Yeah. I've been beating that drum forever. That's Yeah. That, the, the way they hockey people put it is your best players have to be your best players. And, yeah, they need some help, but your best players have to be your best players. And when they're not, you're going to lose, invariably. 
Mike Pursuta. If you don't believe me, you can argue about it with me on Wednesday, March 14th at the Great Sports Debate. Tequila Cowboy is the venue. you got to be 21 to get in. Bud Light's the sponsor. You can be a VIP attendee for 20 bucks. That gets you free food, two complimentary Bud Lights. You can hear me. You can hear Mark Madden, Adam Crowley, Tim Benz. You can hear host Bob McLaughlin. You can hear warm-up comedian Sean Collier. Can I do 15 minutes on Todd Haley? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are free, but you should register ahead of time to secure your spot. You know, the Cowboy is always overflowing. Uh, go to dve.com, get those VIP tickets, register your spot. Great sports debate, March the 14th, Tequila Cowboy. Shame on you for six weeks if you miss it. Mike Pursuta with your sports on DVE. Val's got news, top of the hour. What are you talking about, Val? Well, hopefully we'll get to that story about the real estate agent who can't sell a house because it was used to film pornos. People not real thrilled about living there. So we'll talk about that. Windy and cold flurries, mid-30s for the high. Windchills around 20. It is 32 at DVE. It's Lent. It's Friday. That means fish sandwiches. Permani Brothers, they brought in a ton of fish sandwiches today for us. They're, they got them for you, too. Free fish sandwiches. What? That's right. Permani Brothers is offering free fish sandwiches during this year's Lent season, beginning today and running through Good Friday. If you uh, dine with Permani Brothers during the week, you're eligible to receive a free fish sandwich on your return on Friday. All you got to do, scan your receipt Using the new Permani Brothers Rewards app during the week. Oh, God. I'm going to have a Permani Brothers app on my phone. Look out. <laughs> a coupon for the free sandwich will appear on Friday morning. It'll just appear. Are you kidding me? Some people claim the biggest fish sandwich during Lent, Tony Haggerty said. You know, everyone knows Tony. Legendary. But we think we're the only ones crazy enough to give it away for free. Well, they just might be. Get the new Permani's app. Get a free fish sandwich. And uh, oh, I think that. you pronounce that sandwich. Doesn't that sound good right now? It Actually, does. Actually, it, it is good. I just Did you crash one I've before the break? One, yes. How was it? It was phenomenal. Does it got tartar sauce on it? Uh, mine did not. I mean, it, you can put it on did it. you put ketchup on it? I did you put go hot sauce? On it. Hot sauce. I put nothing on it. got to go Ooh, hot sauce. Hot sauce. Well, That's the way to go. Hot sauce. Yeah. Go hot sauce. All right. Go to Permanis. Buffalo Rose in the coffee house coming up after 9 o'clock. DVE. TheTaxRelief.com. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It just occurred to me we should have Chris DeStefano uh, and uh, Brett Ernst on a show together here in town. Oh, my oh, God. That would be so good. That's a lot of Italian. It, it is. But, I mean, think of how, how similar, what, what a similar viewpoint they both have. Oh, yeah. You know? Of course. I mean, Brett. <laughs> Where's Brett from again? I think he's, he, he might be from Brooklyn, too. I mean, he hated it. Um, he hates hipsters as much. Google as it. So there's the opposite of that. There's the hipster, <laughs> the guy with a scarf on and shorts. Like, what the <laughs> is wrong with you, man? Riding your <laughs> bike everywhere. Hope your scarf gets caught in the spokes and breaks your neck. <laughs> <being a d-. laughs> By the way, I don't write jokes. I just threaten imaginary people with violence throughout my whole life. <laughs> That was at Club Cafe at the uh, DVE Comedy Fest uh, three years ago? Two years ago. And uh, that was the after show, the loaded show. That, he killed. That was crazy. That was the only show we've ever done where every single headliner got up on stage at Club Cafe. Google it right now. <laughs> Google it. Yeah, that was that cr- was Crystal Leah did like 30 minutes. Schubert went Schubert. up. Schubert. Roy Wood went up. That's right. I think Schubert, you went up and then Schubert went up. And Schubert crushed to the point where it was like, wait, other people want to go and do more comedy now. And they were all great. Yeah, but that's why those guys went up. 
I know. Yeah. Because Schubert went up there and killed the room. And the, so the room was kind of, it was a little loose, you know, before Bill got up there, I felt like, like a little bit like people were getting drunk well, and they felt they like they thought seen, it was the end of the night. Yeah. They had seen an entire comedy show. They thought right. it was the end of the night. And then after the Schubert set, everyone was like, all right, well, we're going up there. Because there was no way mm. they, you know. Dalia did a long ass time. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. People were heckling him a little bit, but it was it was good fun. That was so, one of my favorite lineups, man. That was that was fun. Go see Chris uh, DeStefano this weekend at the Improv. Uh, Kevin Smith, filmmaker, uh, recovering from a massive heart attack. We talked a little bit about it the other day. He had a hundred percent blockage in the Widowmaker, the LED artery. You always talk about that, Val. The yeah, Widowmaker. Widowmaker. It's a bad one. He said, "My biggest fear in life." Death, number one. People seeing my penis, number two. <laughs> he said, so he's, he's they went in uncom- there. And he's not un- uncommon in that. Went up my... <laughs> in that fear ranking. I remember my dad had prostate cancer years ago. That he, has, he had like his prostate removed over in Shadyside, and I was there when he woke up, and like the doctor's like, because you have that surgery, and it's like, you could come out of it, and they go, we're really sorry but you lost uh, the ability to do this and that. And so, you know, he that's the first thing you want to know. You know, he's barely awake, and he's like, does it still work? You know, and the guy's like, yeah, you're, you're going to be good. And he's, he's like, that's fine. He goes, you didn't take anything off of it, did you? And he's like, huh? And he goes, doesn't look like I got two belly buttons, does it? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, maybe not now. Maybe not now's the time to be joking. <laughs> so, yeah, every guy is afraid of that. A bunch of people looking at his junk. So Smith said that was his big fear as they went up his artery from his groin, found the blockage, put a stint in, and saved his life. They had to shave him, too. Yeah. Which was probably embarrassing. Yeah, that's just a, it's just a bad scenario all the way around. And, you know, Chris Pratt. you got to shave both sides, right? I mean, you got to make it, it match. Yeah. So that's not going to be a bonus feature on the next DVD? It probably will be, knowing him. Chris Pratt, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, put up a tweet saying, you know, thoughts and prayers, and then a bunch of people attacked him yep. for saying thoughts and prayers because people are idiots. Everybody just Kevin Smith's like, hey, uh, it's okay to pray for someone in the hospital. Thoughts and prayers. This is not a, a... I wasn't attacked by a gun. Dude, Kevin I, Smith is probably like, Star-Lord is my man. What are you talking about? He can say whatever he wants. It's like Star-Lord praying for me. He said, don't fight her stuff like that. It's a waste of time whether you're religious or not. Someone saying, I'll pray for you. It's good intentions. Yeah, it's not like, let's pray and forgo all other medical treatment. Yeah. Um, top Just, three. Yeah. I think thoughts and prayers are on thin ice at the moment, though. Just the, with all as the, it relates to yeah. inaction. Twitter and pop culture. It's just in maybe other not. Areas, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't throw out a thoughts and prayers. At this moment. My top three, Kevin Smith. Dogma. Hey. What's he like? God. Lonely, but funny. <laughs> it's got a great sense of humor. Take sex, for example. There's nothing funnier than the ridiculous faces you people make mid-coitus. Sex is a joke in heaven. The way I understand it, it's mostly a joke down here, too. I love that. I'll place. see you. Really good. Filmed here in Pittsburgh. Yep. He has a uh, great love of the city of Pittsburgh ever mm-hmm. since apparently he dated someone at CMU and oh, used to I'd... drive back and forth I and, didn't know that. and he fell in love with the city. Plus, he's a big hockey fan. Zach and Miri uh, make a porno filmed mm-hmm. in Monroeville, basically. Yeah. Um, 
And I like that movie, but I don't think it's his top three. No, it's not in no. the. Not in the I, I give Mallrats number two because Mallrats. I love Mallrats. Was a, that was a big one for me at that you know at that point in my life. Yeah. Oh well, if you stare at this poster for a few seconds, a hidden picture appears. Can we, Can we do it, please, please? All right, go ahead. But hurry, the Easter Bunny's waiting. Wow, it's a schooner. <laughs> You dumb bastard. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. You know what? <laughs> there is no Easter Bunny! Over there, that's just a guy in a suit! Ben Affleck plays a great jerk. Oh, oh yeah. His One of best, the best douches of all time. Him be- in, in, in Dogma, he was great as a jerk. Bannon. In uh, Days of Confused. Oh, Bannon. O'Bannon. O'Bannon. You hear think, about this? What this? Oh, he's so Mom, did she pulled a shotgun on me. When he's playing pool, you're an embarrassment to the sport, and I can't believe I even let you play at my table. And the dirt mall in Mallrats should look familiar to those of us from western Pennsylvania. Yes. An organized mm-hmm. flea market. Yes. Stink uh, palming in that movie. I oh never. I, I had no idea what stink palming was until I saw that. In college, they used to call that a schmitty. <laughs> it was named after a guy that nobody liked. Uh, and then number one, I mean, Clerks was really, I mean, Sean, you could speak to this probably better than I. You have a, a much more vast knowledge of uh, film history, but uh, really spurred sort of the DIY mentality of like, anybody can make a movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, there had been independent film before that, but none of that looked like you and your buddies could have yes. done it on the weekend and then was in multiplexes across America. Not to say I saw Bob and his cousin. He's your cousin? Yeah, and he's from Russia, too. No way. <laughs> what part of Russia? Oh, no, don't I look like a biographer? <laughs> oh, from part of Russia are you from? Moscow. He only speaks Russian? Nah, I speak some English, but he cannot speak good like we do. <laughs> Is he staying here? Nah, he's moving to the big city this week. He wants to be a metal singer. No way. I swear, Olaf, metal. That's his metal face. Berserker. I'll tell you the most recent um, Jay and Silent Bob movie that I really like is uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Have you ever seen that? Isn't there only it's one? It's really funny. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't hold up necessarily no? quite as well. The one with Will Ferrell in it? Yeah, Will Ferrell's in it. John Stewart's in it. Jason Biggs. Um, yeah, that seemed more like a capery move. It was like, almost like a mad, 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 funny. mad world. Yeah, type funny of. though at the time. I thought that that was hilarious. There's a oh, lot yeah. of funny stuff in it. I loved it when it came out. Clerks 2 was bad. Mm-hmm. It had a, it had its moments. Bad. I was rooting for it because mm-hmm. I love Clerks so much. I like Randall. The The other dude in Clerks yeah. was so good. Yeah. So funny. And he made him the cameraman in Zack and Miri. And it's... He's been making some kind of odd horror movies for a couple of years. The one Red I saw State? was really bad. Red State was good. That was good. Tusk was bad. Um, he's I Tusk guess, is weird. It was like something, an idea he came up with on a podcast that he turned into a movie. Oh, yeah. They riffed through an idea and then made that movie, which is like, come on. I don't hate that as an idea. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just that spur-of-the-moment thing that can create this great piece of art. I mean, I was talking to these guys about the Dana Carvey documentary on Hulu about, right. about his show because we were uh, going through the top SNL sketches last week that uh, that some MSNBC put together or something like that. And one of them was this Dana Carvey sketch that I'd never heard of before. Well, it turns, over it was, it turns out it was a leftover from the Dana Carvey show that Dana wanted to use on SNL when he was hosting SNL after the Dana Carvey show had been canceled. Uh, and it was a super funny sketch. And someone hit me up and they're like, 
you know, telling me like, dude, there's a documentary about the Dana Carvey show on Hulu. I watched it yesterday. It's amazing. Uh, you know, the cat, it, it's a pretty well-known story at this point. It was basically like the seeds of some of the biggest power players in comedy were all involved in a show at the same time. How did it not become the biggest show ever from Louis CK and Robert Smigel, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, uh, Charlie Kaufman, John Glazer, the list goes mm-hmm. on and on and on. Um, but one of the things that happened in that TV show was that they made a sketch out of a riff that Stephen Colbert used to have when he was a waiter and he'd show up hungover and he felt like he was going to barf all the time when he was like giving the specials mm-hmm. and he used to riff on how funny it would be if you were actually sickened by food and you were a waiter and they did a sketch you know waiters who were nauseated by food him and steve carell and it was so funny it ended up getting them both jobs at the daily show afterwards just that one little sketch jump-started their career after they thought their careers were over because of their involvement in the dana carvey show so coming up with an idea acting on it and just doing it sometimes that can yield great results. Oh, sure. I, Tusk I, is probably not great. Though. No, I, I think he is no longer. He no longer has people around who will tell him that's not a great idea. He's just got a, a, a lot of fans who think everything he Mike does. Mike Myers, great. famously. I mean, that yeah. is the cautionary tale of the love ever, guru. The love guru. Yeah. Nobody said this is dumb. But yeah. you know, according to Kevin Smith, like his whole philosophy on life is to just spend as much time as you can chasing whimsies. So if you have an idea and if you're passionate about it and inspired, just make it. If it sucks, it sucks. It's just another thing that's out there. What, he's the first person to make a movie that sucks? You know? It's like none of his fans are like, oh, my God, that sucks so bad I'll never see anything that he did again. It's like, yeah, that that just sucked. Doesn't make me not like Mallrats. You know? Yeah, it's weird, though, because I do think that there's a line. I think there's, like, stuff that Neil Young didn't have to make available. <sighs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah Sting make probably it. shouldn't have put out an album with the loot. Right. We're saying make it. We're not saying sell it. <laughs> We're not saying present it to people. But do it. But yeah, make okay. it. Yeah. Sure. All right. That's a, that's a good uh, distinction. Val's got news next. We're going to talk about uh, today's National Employee Appreciation Day. So we'll talk about some perks in other countries that we don't get here. We should end the show at 9 o'clock. Right. Like right now. Let's get out of here. TV. Like words don't hurt me. Like, but now like words are hurting people. Like I used to, you know, being like one of the only white kids like walking through. I went to Catholic school. Like I would get like true, a true atomic wedgie where it's like, we got a bleeder. And it's like, you know, and it's like calling me like slurs and like. And it's like, that hurts. Like, that would hurt. But, like, you know, if, if, if I use the wrong term, like, I don't care if you assume my gender. I really don't care. Right. Assume it. Yeah. <laughs> take a guess. I want you to take a guess. Because right now I look like a diesel lesbian. And that's okay. You know? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Chris show. DiStefano on the show earlier. I mean, you know, every once Super in a while funny. there's a guy like that where, you know, he's sort of, you know, revolving around a universe of other comics that, that, that we're – you know, friends with or, or whatever. And I know he's been doing Jimmy Norton's show for a long time. And I always see his name and I've never had a chance to hang out with him. And I was glad that he got in here today and he got in early. So we got to spend a lot of time with him. Super cool, dude. Go see him this weekend at the improv. He was great. I mean, you know, when people are extemporaneously funny, you know, their act is going to be great because he can just sit here and he's just funny. Just talking. He's not like launching into bits. Um, go see Chris DeStefano this weekend at the Improv, 412-462-5233, improv.com. You might know him from the TV show Benders. 
uh, or is the host of Ultimate Beastmaster where he got fired and replaced <laughs> with uh, Chris Jericho because because uh, he was too mean because he was too mean on the show People Ultimate Beastmaster. Just- he was too mean. They don't want to. They don't want to be wipeout. They don't want to be making fun of the people falling at the thing. And my big question there is, why? That's more entertaining. Yeah. Mm. I told you in my will, it's uh, everything left to whatever uh, niece or nephew uh, can get through this wipeout course that I have designed. <laughs> Unfortunately, the wipeout course is going to eat up a lot of whatever's there. Right. But still, <laughs> good way to you know spent most of the money. On the uh, the water, uh, the water events. Just a big wipeout course. Those big balls are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Rose is in the coffee house uh, coming up here, and uh, thanks to Permanis once again for the Damn, uh, fish sandwiches. Good in here. I know Val and Sean are crushing fish sandwiches. I think I might get a little logy about uh, ten forty-five. If you're expecting me to be up and at them late morning, that's not so much going to happen. <laughs> What's Logie? So big. Logie is uh, um, that thing where you're like uh, tired and drowsy and, and stuffed and sluggish. Oh, I thought that was the bad guy in the Marvel movies. That's what I thought. That's Loki. Loki. Oh, Logan is Wolverine. Logie is I had a delicious filling fish sandwich from Permandes and now we're going to cuddle. It's time to cuddle. Val- I, I, I wish you would have been here yesterday because me and Val did like the top ten superhero villains yeah and both of us combined know almost nothing like we know so little about superhero movie villains i couldn't come up with who lex Luthor was in the original batman it was 19 i know 19 people tweeted it at me and then so i saw somebody i can't remember i think it was bp in the office he's like i can't believe you didn't get gene hackman like, I just, you know, there's so many. Part of the reason the Black Panther was so good, they finally had a really great, memorable villain. By the way, what's the over-under on Black Panther references on Sunday night's Oscars broadcast? It's uh, <laughs> seven, eight. We, you will not go 12 minutes without somebody saying Wakanda forever God, on I that show. I hate the Oscars. You do? Well, I just don't like award shows in general, but this is the worst. Oh, it's... it's like four hours and... Ugh, so I usually I used to love it, but then it you know all these like super serious and sad movies came out that I just didn't watch. And it, if you didn't see a lot of the movies, the Oscars are unbearable. Yeah, if you watch the movies, then you're you know you have a rooting interest. Our our award show, the SAG Awards, two hours. It, That's it. The one I vote for. Like, Critics' no Choice host, is two hours. Yeah. Like in and out. Here's your thing. We're done. <laughs> Good job. No technical awards. Right. <laughs> I like when people just reduce it. Like Joe Bartnick will be like, have fun watching people give each other pats on the backs for who's the best pretender. <laughs> who's good at pretending? <laughs> what do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. We're loving. It's 32 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle are inviting the public to join them on their wedding day. The couple will invite more than 2,600 members of the public to the grounds of Windsor Castle. They will see the bride and groom and their guests arrive at St. George's Chapel where the couple will be married on May 19th. And they will watch the newlyweds leave in a carriage procession through the town of Windsor. Kensington Palace says the couple wants to arrange their wedding day so the public can be part of the celebrations. Two major U.S. airlines are tightening restrictions for bringing emotional support animals onto planes. The new rules at Delta and United 
uh, require 48-hour notice and documentation before bringing untrained animals into the passenger cabin. Delta changed the rules after a passenger was bitten by a dog last year and United did the same after a woman tried to bring a support peacock onto the plane. That was just, come on, that was like performance art or something. This is Sven. He's my support moose. We're going to need a couple rows. Like you can't, like my thing about a support animal is you got to be able to hold it and like cuddle with it, right? Or like pet that it. Would, it would seem that would offer support to you. Yeah. Nobody's like hugging a peacock. <laughs> Look like you're holding bagpipes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Out of here. Sounds like a Don Rickles insult. Go hug a peacock. <laughs> you hockey puck. This is my uh, support porcupine. Supporcupine. Pay attention, everyone. (laughs) This is National Employee Appreciation Day. Hey, Val, I appreciate you. Day for bosses to show appreciation for employees. Yeah, yeah. Val, somebody should tell you they appreciate you. (laughs) And uh, there are some perks in other countries that we just don't get here as employees. In Europe, you can refuse to work more than 48 hours a week. It's called the Working Time Directive, and your boss is legally not allowed to schedule you for more than 48 hours a week unless you agree to it. In Japan, you can (laughs) sleep during your shift and be praised for it. Boom. There's so many things about Japanese culture I like. We may be off the air right now. I don't know. Uh, Are we on the Uh, air? Power went out for a second. Yeah, we're on the air. air. So many things I do like about the Japanese culture. Um, Almost everything except the vending machines with soiled Soiled underwear. underwear. I'm down are, with. are they soiled or just used? Well, because that's a really a big difference. Is dirty, so that's soiled. Yeah, soiled. You think is like I think of like somebody crapped their pants marks. and then put no. those in a vending no, machine. No, just like no. worn. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the pheromones are on it. Napping there seen as an act of diligence because you're so committed to your job you refuse to go home. Now that's a job I could really crush. <sighs> Napping, pro sleeper. When I Come first. On started in radio i did i was the third person on the morning show and then i did the midday every day so i worked you know did 6 a.m to 2 and good i good lord yeah and so well it was good for it gave me a lot of chops early yeah, I, but you know still. i got to you know suck a lot or you know in, in a short amount of time but i used to sleep from nine to ten because they would go to six songs in a row at nine o'clock so mm. i would like go under the Wait, desk and take a, take a nap I, at work i'm just sitting there going <clears throat> nothing more rock and roll oh. than that France passed a law last year that says you can ignore work emails even when you're not on the clock. It applies to anyone who works at a company with at least 50 employees. We are so, we are such suckers here. It's called the right to disconnect, and it's supposed to reduce stress and help the workplace. We just bought into this 24-hour workday culture here, and it's, we're dumb. We are dumb. I, uh, I checked my work emails last night, and there was like 17 from the word, and then it just all ended up being that one thread. One email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a lot of different replies. <laughs> and in Finland, a lot of business meetings happen in saunas. They're a huge part of culture there, so a lot of big companies have their own in office saunas for employees to use. That's what Mikey and Bob do. I'm pretty yeah. sure they go in the sauna. <laughs> they pitch things they while pitch. they're all sweaty. Dude, could you imagine, like, having to go in a sauna and there's Madden? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting next to you, planning his show. Sean McDowell next to him, looking like uh, 
<laughs> what was the guy's name? Uh, Steve. Who was e- Stephen Eady? Gourmet. Yeah. Stephen Eady Gourmet. That's who Sean yeah. looks like in Blue. I don't know who Remember that in is. Blues Brothers, he was like the uh, the guy with the gold necklaces in the sauna. That's what <laughs> Sean would look like. I'm just picturing like a tomcat that was in water recently. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, and everybody has an odd coworker. A new survey found that more than half of people say they don't always wash their hands after they use the bathroom at work. Hmm. And one out of ten people, I can't believe this, sometimes eat while they're on the toilet at work. Oh. While they are on the toilet. Why not just skip the middleman and throw the sandwich in the toilet? That's what I do. Unbelievable. Eating on the toilet? That I've is- only ever seen that in a strip club. And I was scarred for life. That's why I don't <laughs> go to the strip club anymore, even as an adult. You saw someone eating on the toilet at the strip yeah. club? Yeah, my, my uncle was a DJ at a strip club in Florida. And my mom, for some reason... My mom was like, go in there and get your uncle. And I was like, you know, 15 or 16 years old. And I came in. I was like, does anyone know where Uncle B is? And they were Come like, on. you mean Bob the DJ? And it's like some seven-foot lady who's completely naked in heels. And I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, hey, I just got off. I got to go around and collect my money. So he's like pulling strippers off of dudes like, hey, Amber, I'm out of here. Give me my tips. And then we bust into the bathroom, and this girl's eating lo mein on the toilet, butt naked. I'm like, I'm never coming back here ever again. As a 15-year-old, you weren't like, yeah, I'm going in a strip club. Yeah, until I got in the strip club. <laughs> you know, you got a lot of confidence until you go in there as a 15-year-old kid and see, you know, these women who have are wearing absolutely no clothes because it wasn't like the strip clubs up here. It, you know, Florida is like the mecca for strip clubs, and it was just so aggressive. Full naked. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah, the first time I went to a strip club, I was expecting it to be like the one I saw in Happy Days, <laughs> which was a guy, like there's a dude in the corner like, like blown away on a yeah. saxophone, mm-hmm. and some chick who's just like, half-ass dancing with like <laughs> scarves and big white gloves and all she does is take off the gloves and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you know but she never really gets undressed and then i go in and i'm like oh my god i saw a scar <laughs> <laughs> one time we were at my uh my buddy he had his bachelor party in atlantic city and he's like his exact quote hey guys we're classing it up we're going to this place called babes i'm like oh that sounds real classy we walk in, and it must have been snack time at the strip club. They're all eating, like, jalapeno poppers or something, and the DJ gets on the microphone. He's like, ladies, come downstairs. We got customers. <laughs> and they're just, like, picking shrooms and roni out of their teeth for the first couple of songs. I'm like, hey, can can we, like, tip you guys with floss or toothpicks? or Like, you guys want to finish up? We got up? customers. You've really had a lot of food strip club <laughs> I, stories. I don't. It's, well, you've I just, had your own. I did have the stripper omelet story. Yeah, the the woman who I begged to please leave me alone, <laughs> and she wouldn't. And I said, if I buy you a drink, will you leave? And she said, yes. And then the waitress comes by. She's like, what do you want? And I was like, I'll have a vodka soda. What do you have? And she goes, I'll have a Western omelet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Where are those eggs coming from? <laughs> <laughs> so she ate a stripper omelet next to me. <laughs> and I like smell it wafted it's up. It's just the it was, weirdest combo to me. Like strip and it was the club night of, it, and food. It was the night of the tuck rule game. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, in the club? Uh, or no, 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 no
related. <laughs> Finally, I always wondered that because they have like, but like strip clubs will promote their like they have a buffet. It's Rachel's like, Steakhouse in Orlando. It says Steakhouse. Yeah, but that's different. That's because that's an actual. Steakhouse. Oh. That's a legit high end. That Rachel's is like legendary. To it's hide the fact club. that you're at a strip joint. It but is. I, but I've been in there. It's not like a, it's, it's nice. That's where the stripper omelet happened. It's classy. It's right by the airport. It's not classy. It's pretty classy. It's a ruse. At least the omelet is protein. That uh, I, I get it. The jalapeno poppers, like that's not going to help you up there. No. How did you get marinara sauce in that particular location? <laughs> we totally hijacked your news. Sorry. That's all right. No, we're talking Am about... Am I done here? Was yeah, it we got to go. All right. I'm, I don't have anything exciting anyway. Windy, cold, uh, flurries today, mid-30s for the high wind chills around 20. It's 32 at DV. When we come back, Buffalo Rose performing live in the coffee house on... Looking for an electrician? Make the switch Sports. to CW Electrical Services. CWElectricalServices.com. That was my fault. Yeah. Oh, I did that because I have muscle memory that is screwing me up. So here's the DVE sports. Mike Rizzuto with your sports. Uh, real quick update here for us, Mike. Sports are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. 8-4 Bruins last night, and it was as ugly as that final score implies. The Penguins are next in action on Saturday at 5 p.m. against the Islanders. And at this point, the question is not who will start in goal. But who will finish? <laughs> because right. Tristan Jari lasted 28 minutes and 12 seconds on Saturday night in Florida. And uh, Casey DeSmith won up that last night, getting yanked up. stinks. Five minutes stunk. and 27 seconds. Three, three goals on five shots. Uh, it hasn't been pretty of late, particularly in net. But head coach Mike Sullivan isn't overly alarmed. No, I, you know, these are two good you know, character guys, they're, they're good people, and, uh, you know, I know they'll bounce back. They've been, they've been very good for us, and so we're just going to have to stay with it here. Two character guys, I think uh, they'd settle for a jerk right now who could stop mm. the puck. <laughs> He's a big jerk, but, uh, you know. There once was a goalie named Jerry who desperately needed to be sent back down to Wilkesbury <laughs> to work on stopping pucks and trying not to suck. So we could come back up here and be merry. <laughs> Look at you hey! in a limerick. That was a freestyle limerick. That was. You just free, you're like yeah. you're like. Uh, Thank you. You're like childish Gambino. Yeah. In every way. S- so many people say that to me all the time. Yeah. I get that a ton. College troops yesterday. Penn State beat Northwestern and advances to play Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament uh, quarterfinals. Six thirty. Tonight, Saturday, number 20, West Virginia's at Texas. And Robert Morris is in the semifinals of the NEC tournament against Wagner. Duquesne at UMass Pirates. 4-1 to winners over the Blue Jays yesterday in Bradenton. They've got the Orioles in Sarasota today. Tyler Glass now will be on the mound, uh, presumably uh, not locating the ball and allowing too many base runners. And uh, Robert Morris opens its uh, hockey postseason tonight against Bentley. It's game one of a best-of-three first-round Atlantic Hockey Series. They'll play tonight, Saturday, and Sunday night if necessary. We've got the call for you tonight on ESPN Pittsburgh beginning at 6.50. Thanks, Mike. Buffalo Rose in the coffeehouse right now. Uh, I listened to their EP a few weeks ago. It is so good. Mac, Shane, Marie. Well, uh, you're at the Point Park University stage right now on the Deme- uh, the Permanis DVE coffeehouse. For uh, for those who don't know, you can check out what Buffalo Rose does on Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, Facebook, BuffaloRoseMusic.com. Did you guys go to school together or something? Definitely not. 
Nope. How did you form? Were you just all a bunch of just like like-minded musicians? Um, I guess I guess that must have been it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all just met playing um, playing music in, in different groups and kind of came together for this. Was it like an open mic thing, or you guys were all just played with each other, shared bills with other bands? Because <laughs> there's like a lot of you, there's six of you, you know, accomplished musicians. Yeah. You know, uh, Shane actually had an idea. He wanted to film a video for this song, and our, our friend was filming the video, and he said that Shane needed a, a real band if he wanted to make this video. Uh, oh, no kid. So that's us, I guess. All right, well, good deal. Uh, what do you guys have for us right here? Stage at Karma on the South Side, which uh, a lot of people are very, very excited for, uh, me being one of them. Uh, March 30th, Stage at Karma, you'll be able to see their album release show. Here they are right now playing Blue Skies on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis Coffee House. It's Buffalo Rose on DVE. Wasting time in New Orleans Every day was like a dream We could travel the world a few times And be fine with me Cause when you're around All I see Is nothing but blue skies Nothing but blue skies Responsibly. Oscars are this Sunday. TV morning show. Oscar odds. Best picture. The favorite. Three billboards. It's the only place you could really make the, some money. What are I, the, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I, I think that there's a, a good chance of an upset in this race and almost in this race alone. I The biggest long shot is a three-way tie between The Post, Darkest Hour, and Phantom Thread. 
Um, I think Shape of Water should win. I agree. Uh, I'm a billboards guy. And I would say Get Out would be second. I'd like to see Get Out win. Just because, you know, we come, we've come so far from Oscars so white, it should be Oscars have a black friend now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think Three Billboards is the fourth best thing Martin McDonough has done. There's no way I think it should win Best Picture. Best Director, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro is the favorite for Shape of Water. Biggs long shot. P.T. Anderson, Phantom Thread. Even P.T. Anderson Fred's, uh, fans don't like Phantom Thread. Is that Daniel Day-Lewis's it's last supposedly movie? supposedly his last movie. Did you hear... Uh, Je- I'm finished. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence about that? No. Mar- on Marin's podcast, he was trying to get her to watch it, and she's like, I made it three minutes. What? He's an artist, and so women love him. Like, yeah, I've lived that. I don't need to watch it in a yeah. movie. Yeah. Best actor. I'm going to make you a dress. <laughs> if he did it as Bill the Butcher, I'd watch. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he should do everything as Bill the Butcher. I mean, there could... I knitted you a skirt. It took me two times. <laughs> Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, the favorite to win for Best Actor, Biggest Long Shot, Denzel in the movie that nobody has seen. Roman J. That's a Israel, That's a kilt. Esquire, which I said earlier, that could be a slapstick Sorry. comedy movie. He could be, uh, you know, an uh, inspirational basketball coach. It could be a horror movie. I have no idea. Awkward Lawyer is the winner. He is an awkward lawyer. Chenderovich, Chenderovich, and Roman with his scarves. And Israel. Two coats. Best actress. Favorite, Frances McDormand. I'll take that. Hey, I, she did a great performance. I love that she's someone who is going to have two Oscars as of Monday morning. Good for her. I like her a lot, but I will uh, argue Sally Hawkins was better because she didn't talk. I agree. And she... She was really good. She was incredibly good. I voted for Sally Hawkins. I never saw her before until Blue Jasmine. Oh yeah, and she was very good in that. And then she—I thought she was incredible in Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. I like Shape of Water a little bit too much. I—I I, I would agree. I'm like the guy. You're in like Mr. waiting for Guffman, who's like Corky, Corky, <laughs> I Mr. love you. Shape of Water and Black Mirror. I was it's, just gonna say almost as much as Black Mirror. You're missing out with Black Mirror. It's really good. Best actress, uh, long shot, Meryl Streep for The Post. What about um, is? Is um, Margot Robbie nominated for I, Tonya? Yeah, she's up. Yeah, it's it, there's just a wall because Francis yeah. is going to win. And even after that, you have two award-caliber performances from Saoirse Ronan and Sally Hawkins. Best Supporting Actor, the favorite is Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. I thought he was very good in it, but it's not even his best. He's actually done that role before. Yeah. So I don't think it's that great. Biggs long shot, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards. I thought Woody was great in that. I, you can make an argument that Woody was better. Uh, that was Willem Dafoe's To Lose, and then people didn't like Florida Project that much. It's so I depressing. that was a great movie. It's really good. Oh, I'm surprised you like it. It is depressing, but I think it's a great movie. Yep. When that girl cries at the end, yeah. it just kills me. Yeah. Oh, my. It's okay. To, you could cry at a movie. I'd cry at everything. Are you in menopause? I'm in menopause. <laughs> I, I got choked up by one of them Budweiser Clydesdale commercials once. I'll admit that. Best Supporting Actress, uh, the favorite, Allison Janney, I, Tonya. She was great in it. So Octavia good. Spencer for The Shape of Water's Biggest Long Shot. Yeah, she was okay. That's just kind of an automatic. We she, like you. You're she good. had to talk to herself the whole movie. Best ad- oh, Yeah, that is <laughs> true. Best <laughs> Adapted Screenplay. The favorite is Call Me By Your Name. I never did watch that one. I, know I can't this. stand that kid that's in that movie. And I don't know why. Timothy Chalamet, yes, because his name last name is Chalamet. You assume that he has a privileged upbringing, and he got to. He's probably some like uh, you know, uh, Upper East Side Manhattanite naughty kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the he's the media darling. Uh, call me by your water. Call me by your water. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a movie. There's I'd a, see. 
Call me by your name is good. Call me when your water breaks. <laughs> Call me when your water breaks. A fish win this. bangs a peach. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Get out before the fish man bones you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great mashup. Yeah. That's special best original screenplay favorite. So, uh, you know, by the time this is all said and done, one of the guys from Key and Peele could have an Oscar. I thought I saw Jordan Peele or uh, rather um, Keegan Michael Key doing a uh, credit card commercial the other day. And I was like, yeah. oh, boy, they've taken boy. They're going in different directions because mm -hmm. Jordan Peele's like, I'm never acting again. I'm only directing and writing. Your mid-show bellwether is if Get Out loses two, three billboards in that category. Three billboards will then win everything. Biggest uh, long shot mm. for best original screenplay is The Big Sick, which I liked very much. Oh, yeah. So good. Honor to be nominated. Best animated feature. The favorite is uh, Coco. Yeah. Never well, saw cool. it. Don't know what it is. Disney movie. Biggest long shot, uh, long shot is Ferdinand. Is that the bull? Yeah. Yes. John Cena plays a bull. Best movie. original score, I mean The Shape of Water has to be. Old bull great. or Young Bull? Young Bull. Strong, though. A tie for uh, biggest long shot, best original score, Star Wars The Last Jedi. John Williams and doing the same stuff again. Three billboards. He's received, John Williams, 51 nominations yeah. over the years, and he only has five wins. His last win, 1993, Schindler's List. That's because well, that's when he stopped caring and started doing the same thing over six and over again. Six records could be broken during the 2018 Oscars. Christopher Plummer wins Best Supporting Actor for All the Money in the World. He'll become the oldest winner of an Oscar. 88. Is that the movie that they did with him after they shot it with Spacey? Yes. Uh, he's also the current record holder after best winning Best Supporting Actor for Beginners in 2012 when he was 82. If 22-year-old Timothy... You know why you hate him? Because his name is has two E's on the end. He just like I do. I just don't like the look of him. He looks like Blaine and Pretty and yeah, Pink. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And well, and he was that jerky character in Lady Bird. Yes. You're, yes. you're associating with that. That could be it. Lady Bird, I haven't heard mentioned at all. Probably not going to win anything. She ripped it off from. Would real women have curves? Hollywood, there's a backlash already starting towards Lady Bird. I like Lady Bird a lot. I love Lady Bird. Best actor, uh, if 22-year-old uh, Timothy Chalamet wins, he'll be the youngest best actor recipient in history. The record is currently held by Adrian Brody, mm -hmm. who was only 29 when he won for The Pianist. Val hates the Timothy Chalamet as much as you hate Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> I don't hate Eddie Redmayne. You I just him. don't think he should have won for the, the Stephen Hawking movie. It's okay. I hate All he did guy. was sit there. Rachel Morrison. <laughs> he I didn't even have the option of I don't doing know if anything. You're familiar else. with Stephen Hawking's story, but <laughs> what do I do in this seat? <laughs> Droll. <laughs> Rachel Morrison could become the first <laughs> first woman to win Best Cinematography. She's nominated for Mudbound. Uh, she should win. She will not. That's also a good movie. And if Jordan Peele wins, one but very good. If Jordan Peele wins Best Director for Get Out, which which could happen, there's a shot. He'll be the first African-American to ever win Best Director. I can't believe that. I want him to win just because I want to see the speech. I find myself rooting for who I think is going to give the best speech. If The Shape of Water wins Best Picture, it won't be funny. He, he's like, uh, I've heard no? two podcasts with him recently. and he's, Did I? Did you listen to the one I sent you? I didn't. He's super serious now. Do you think Oldman does it as Churchill if he wins? He should. If uh, Shape of Water wins Best Picture, it'll be the first time the award has gone to a science fiction movie. If she wins, will she talk? <laughs> will she speak? That'd no, be a she, good bit. She will masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
you know. If the, there's a tub on stage. <laughs> this is this is the first year that I am, uh, I should, if I get everything, if I watch a couple more, I will have won the Oscars death race, and I will have seen every movie nominated in every category. And let me tell you, wow. at a certain point, it's not fun anymore. When you're on like your fourth documentary short, you're like, I don't, I'm just, I don't know why I'm doing this. I bought a ticket to see that John Cena bull movie just so I could get it out of the way. It seems like a great idea. Then you do it. All right. That's Sunday night. Let's go upstairs one more time to the Point Park University stage, the Permanese DBE <laughs> Coffee House. Buffalo Rose is the band. Their album release shows at the end of the month, end of the month, March 30th at the stage at Karma on the south side. And uh, you guys got one more for us. What are we going to hear? This is called the last one. Okay, here you go. It's the last one, uh, literally and figuratively, here on the DVE Morning Show.
man, that was awesome. Buffalo Rose. Great. Got like a Delta Ray thing going on there, man. That sounded so good. Thanks so much. Right on Delta uh, Delta Ray. I was like, "That's Delta Ray." I'm Delta a, water. I'm a moron. Cold medicine taking over. Uh, Buffalo Rose in the coffee house this morning on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House here on DVE. Great stuff from them, and uh, I listened to their EP. I was really blown away by by just what great singers they are. Check it out on Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, Facebook, BuffaloRoseMusic.com, and their album release show once again March 30th at the stage at Karma. Good? Cool? We all right? It's called Karma. (laughs) Karma. Yeah, they should put that, like, that should be something like the the ringtone there or something. Mm -hmm. Thanks to uh, Chris DiStefano for stopping by. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Very funny. Really funny, dude. And uh, also, uh, thanks and good luck to Aaron Kleiber. He is going to be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead tomorrow for two shows. And it's being filmed for a comedy special that is uh, being directed by the guy that directed Downward Dog, yeah, the ABC show. It was a good show. Now yeah. this is going to be, he's producing uh, Downward Dad. I like it. <laughs> there you go. Aaron Kleiber's going to do his thing. No vacations. And Sean, you're going to be on that show uh, in support. Yeah, I'll be uh, warming the crowd up for Aaron along with our friend Jason Clark. Uh, those are, again, tomorrow night. Carnegie Library of Homestead, two shows. You can get tickets now at GrownDadBusiness.com. Mike, you're doing hockey this weekend. Friday night and Saturday night, and if necessary, Sunday, Robert Morris against Bentley on ESPN Pittsburgh. 11 to 1 tomorrow, I will be at the Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show, and I'll be in the Duquesne Light Electric Lane, so stop by. We'll have DVD prizes to give away. Beautiful. Is that it? Is that it? Everyone good? It's all right? It's all right. I think you're not appreciating the uh, darkest hour as much as you should. I mean, it's like... Come on, man. It was World War II, the big one. Yeah, but it's all the nuts and bolts behind it. It's not like any action. It's a bunch of old fogey. That movie had a musty smell to it. <laughs> I could like smell just mildew. Watching it. Did you like Dunkirk? Do you want director's commentary? Here's a whole movie of it. Well, you know what? I like Dunkirk, but I don't think Dunkirk explained the story well enough. You had to know it going in, I thought. Well, Doug uh, Benson recommended melding the two movies, which would have been a great idea. I'd be down with that and then morph into Patton. (laughs) Sure. Little Tora, Tora, Tora. Then throw some John Wayne Pacific Theater in there and call it a night. Why not? You could just stay home and watch the History Channel. That works, too. How is Gary Oldman going to win an Oscar in the during the the Times Up Me Too era? I don't know how he got by. I don't know how he skated. How is that, that happening? His Are, speech should include "Never have so many owed so much to me." It must be White Boy Day. <laughs> yeah, if he comes, if he does his character from uh, <laughs> True Romance, this was my finest hour. Isn't that the one where he had the dreads? Wasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. In twenty minutes. Oh, he was terrifying. Is it White Boy Day? He's a very good actor. I don't know why he escaped. Criticism, as did. What did he do? I don't even know what you guys were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's maybe that's why because nobody knows. I don't. I've never heard anything about it. Basically, him. he gave an interview to Playboy one time, which was the equivalent of the Sean Connery. Yes, I think it's all right to hit a woman. And Barbara Stry- or Barbara Walters like really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Just hold similar views. Yeah, and uh, and then he was also accused of physically assaulting his ex, right? Yeah. Or his current wife? Are they still together? No, that is a previous previous wife so in the midst of this movement gary oldman and kobe bryant could be given oscars well, you know, it's a, 
It's a strange place, the world these days. Uh, Can they redo those movies with Christopher Plummer? <laughs> Christopher Plummer's Dear Basketball. <laughs> he was Not as believable. He was going to do the England thing in World War II, but he escaped to Switzerland. <laughs> We're out of here. Michelle's up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm. 